As student athletes, we've learned a thing or two about work ethic. That's because we have a lot to balance between being students and being athletes. Engaging in class and in practice. Studying our textbooks and our opponents. Strengthening our minds and our bodies. I'm Jake Tidman from Fort Wayne Snyder High School. And I'm McKenna Cruz from Greenwood High School. As students and as athletes, we work hard to manage our time effectively, to maintain our grades and our eligibility, and to prepare for tests on and off the field. We can't do any of it without putting in the work every single day. High school sports instill a strong work ethic because being a student and being an athlete demands excellence in both. I am IHSAA Commissioner Paul Nardi. Join us by being a champion of high school sports and support our student athletes by buying a ticket to your school's athletic events. This is working hard in the classroom. This is working hard on the playing field. This is your IHSAA. You can't earn a college degree in 10 minutes, but you can apply for a checking account from Republic Bank in 10 minutes or less. And that's a certifiably smart decision. Enjoy free bill pay, free mobile deposit, and access to over 90,000 fee-free ATMs. Applying takes just 10 minutes or less. Easy banking begins in 10. Apply now at republicbank.com. Free ATM access at all point, money pass, sum, and presto ATMs. Message and data rates may apply from your wireless carrier. Member FDIC. Hi, I'm Ed Schrage, and if you're a business owner and listener of this station, you could have a commercial on one or all of our Word Media radio stations to help you generate more sales. We have everything from contemporary Christian music, praise and worship, Christian teaching, conservative talk, and sports. Call me on my cell, 502-777-0518. Again, 502-777-0518. And learn on how we can help you grow your business. John Spears for M&M Cartage. You see those trucks riding down the road with the M&M Cartage sign? You could be a driver or work as a mechanic on one of those trucks. For 45 years, M&M Cartage has been a locally family-owned transportation company, and they're currently hiring those drivers and mechanics. To join their team, go online to mmcartage.com to apply. Headquartered in Louisville with locations in Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Morristown, Tennessee, and Detroit. That's mmcartage.com to apply. Are you tired of overpaying for sunglasses that you lose or break in the first week like Trevor Kelsey? Of course you are. It's Mike Rutherford here for Shady Rays. Polarized shades at a great price that you can try for 30 days risk-free. And even if you lose them or break them, they're going to send you a replacement pair. Plus, every pair you buy from Shady Rays goes to fight hunger in America. You can't beat that. Go to ShadyRays.com right now and place your order. And when you do, use promo code BIGX to receive a 25% discount on your purchase. Keep it locked on Kentucky Alice, only locally owned sports talk, 1450 and 96.1 FM, the Big X Sports Radio, WXVW, Jeffersonville. Hey there, New Albany. This is Mayor Jeff Gahan. It's another year here in our River City, and what better time to show your support for our high school's athletic programs. Whether it's basketball or football, track and field or soccer, swimming or tennis, our Bulldogs are giving it their all on the field and court. So let's rally behind them, New Albany. Come out to the games, cheer them on, and let's make some noise. Let's show everyone what it means to be a part of the best city in southern Indiana. Go Bulldogs! 
Honey Baked Ham in New Albany is the perfect spot for a healthy alternative to fast food. They provide a variety of freshly made sandwiches, as well as salads and delicious soups. And you can dine in or take it to go. They also have many dinner options such as ham, turkey, frozen sides, and desserts, which provide a complete meal. Catering is also available for small groups or large gatherings. Call Honey Baked Ham today, 812-941-9426, or visit them, 3602 North Cape Court, Suite 23 in New Albany. Kratz Sporting Goods is Southern Indiana's team sports specialist and is your local Adidas team product dealer. Kratz specializes in outfitting your team, organization, club, or business in apparel, hard goods, and accessories from Adidas and many others. Kratz offers fundraising opportunities for your team, organization, or club through online web stores. Let our friendly staff get you started today by calling 812-282-5400 or visit and shop at our website at kratzsports.com. Time to replace or service your HVAC system? Barry at BJ Heating and Cooling can help you choose the best and most reliable new Bryant cooling and heating system to fit your family's needs. Bryant, whatever it takes. BJ Heating and Cooling has faithfully served Kentuckiana for over 35 years and is one of the largest and most reliable heating and cooling companies in Kentuckiana. Experts you can trust can be reached at 812-283-7221 and online at bjheatcool.com. Until about 10 years ago, for any electrical work I needed at my house, I was always calling a different electrician, sometimes for the same job. Things weren't done right and they weren't done on time, but for the last 10 years, Allen Electrical has been the only one I call. The work is unparalleled. It's prompts. The team's the epitome of professionalism. <laughs> you know, when I see an Allen Electrical truck in a neighbor's driveway, I kind of smile because I know they're getting the best. Allen Electrical, your electrician for life. Visit allenelectrical.com. They'll never leave you in the dark. Cards fans, earn your master's in business analytics from the University of Louisville in just 13 months. Our expert faculty are experienced in the industry and the classroom, combining high-quality coursework with hands-on practical experience. With paid internship opportunities, professional networking, and real-world high-impact learning, you'll gain the knowledge and skills needed to advance your career. To get started or learn more, visit business.louisville.edu backslash MBA today. The world's biggest bourbon and music festival, Bourbon and Beyond 2024. A perfect blend of bourbon, culinary, and music with Zach Bryan. Dave Matthews Band. Tyler Childers. Neil Young. Zone, my morning jacket. Matchbox 20. Cody Jinks. Marin Morris. The Head and Heart. Tedeschi Trucks Band. The National. Whiskey Myers. Chris Isaac. Young the Giant. Teddy Swims. Milky Chance and more. September 19th through 22nd in Louisville, Kentucky. Single day and weekend passes. Camping and hotel packages. On sale now at bourbonandbeyond.com. In five, four, three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. 
Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. You feel these nipples. That boy is good. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motor hits, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everybody. It is Tuesday, February 13th. Happy Fat Tuesday to those who celebrate. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you, as always, from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in sunny Louisville, Kentucky. Cards fans, if you want to take accounting to a whole new level, there's only one way to do it. You may think there are multiple ways to do it. There's just one, and that's by getting your UofL's Master's in Accounting and Analytics It's an in-depth data analytics course uh, that allows you to receive a new mastery of accounting in this AACSB accredited program, 11-month competitive internship opportunities, and full access to the Becker CPA exam review prepared you to graduate career ready in just 12 months. Just 12 months. Visit business.louisville.edu for more information. If you want to get your journey started today, business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3.06 until 6 here on 1450 a.m., 96.1 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know it's better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford here with you on a not just Fat Tuesday, but game day edition of the show. Cards getting ready to go to Chestnut Hill to take on Boston College for a 9 o'clock tip, the classic Tuesday night 9 p.m. game against Boston College. We do it every year. We don't know why, but it's a thing. Uh, we have that to talk about. We've got NCAA news to talk about. Uh, they're trying to ruin the NCAA tournament again. That's on the table. We've got a monster deal between ESPN and the college football playoff. We've got news with the basketball team that broke uh, just after we got off the air yesterday that will pertain and and affect tonight's game. We've got all that sort of stuff to get to. We want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450 as well. And then at 405 today, Eric Crawford, the esteemed Eric Crawford of WDRB, will join us to talk about all the latest going-ons. In the world of Cardinal Athletics, we'll dive into the the, the, the questions that you guys have for me every single day on the text line. What's Josh Hurd thinking? What's up with women's basketball officiating? How many games this team need to win? How many games can this team win? All, all this stuff. You, you've heard me give the answer every single day for the past two months. Let's let Eric answer some questions for a while. So we'll talk with him at 4.05. And, of course, then we'll dive back into the text line where you can proceed to ask the same questions. It's great at 502-414-1450. We may jump into the text line a little bit earlier than usual today. Just to kind of break up my thoughts because I don't, it's not a weekend show. I don't have as much stuff to react to as I did yesterday. So we'll, we'll get to you guys pretty quickly today. We have Gary Clark producing the hell out of the show today. Happy to have him back on. Gary, how are you? I'm, I'm good. Have you got all your, since you've got all this stuff coming up tonight, you got all your Valentine's Day shopping done? Well, here's the deal, Gary. If you, if you listen to yesterday's show, like my house is just, we're fully infected with the flu besides me. Oh, man. And I'm not feeling great, but like it, it's not fluy. But like the kids and my wife now, for almost a week now, it started Wednesday with John, and then it, Virginia and Mary got really, real sick on Friday. So like they've been down for the count. And every time you think they're starting to get better, like they take a turn for the worse. Like Mary's had a terrible day today. She for a second there, I didn't think I was going to be able to come in and do the show because she was having such a, a rough time. 
I think she's going to go to like the little clinic when I get home and try to get some meds for whatever's going on. But so like we don't have really Valentine's plan. Like I, I think it's going to be okay if Valentine's plans haven't been taken care of this year because it's just been it's been a rough go of it for the past week. I hope it's not COVID. It we tested no COVID. Uh, Mary's tested multiple times. We tested the kids when they first got sick. No COVID. It's just it, it's apparently this nasty like weird super flu that's been going around for a while. Um, yeah, I mean, Virginia, I said this yesterday, Virginia has 15 kids in her class at school, and eight of them were sick yesterday. And, like, John's class isn't much better. Like, my mom, she, you know, she, she runs the school, and she's like, we've never really seen, like, just, like, kids are just, you know, it's always bad around here, but, like, this year, it's just, it, it's everywhere. It's terrible. Well, you know, my wife was a school teacher, and she used to bring, she, oh, she used to bring me stuff home all the time. I used to get a lot of colds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's the way it is. Like, we've, I never thought that having kids, and, and, you know, my mom taught school, so I feel like she did bring stuff back a decent amount. She also has, like, the, the best immune system in the entire world now. Like, my mom oh, just sure. never gets sick. Yeah. Uh, at least until recently. But with kids, they just, like, you send them to school, and it's just, they're, they're, it's full-on Petri dish situation. Like, they just come back, they just, they, they get you. And I had the, we, we had, like, the fakest test of it at all time when we first, because Virginia was born in, our first was born in September of 2019. So we had her few months. COVID hits in March of 2020 when she's six months old. And, you know, know, we're doing very limited stuff for several months after that. So she was like never sick. And I'm like, this is, I don't know what anybody's talking about. This is great. The sleep's a real thing, but like she's never sick. And then you send her to school like a a year and a half later. And and all the kids in her class have weakened immune systems because they're all COVID babies. So everybody's sick constantly. And I feel like that's been the thing pretty much ever since then so it's we're doing the best we can but valentine's we're we're, neither one of us are going to be going all out for valentine's day to say the least what about you what Uh, what romantic gesture have you planned nothing i've I've already (laughs) i've already given my wife uh, her valentine's gift we we had covid go through our house a couple of weeks ago good lord and i got it first and then she got it two days later I'm over it now, but I'm still a little stuffed up in the head. Yeah, my dad had it a couple weeks ago. My sister-in-law had it. My grandma's got it now, which is always scary. Uh, when you know they're it's the gift that keeps on giving. It really is. It's just a, it's, it's never going away. It's it's mutating. It's it's a, yeah. It's it, it's all happening here. But what are you gonna do? Did you, despite the sicknesses, despite the the lack of Valentine's plans, did you guys watch the Super Bowl? Did you enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday? Yes, we did. We both watched it and. Um, my wife, she's really into football, into the game, and uh, so am I, too. Not as much as she is, but um, I really wasn't impressed a whole lot with, with quite a few of the commercials this year. Bad commercial year is what people are saying. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed the the Michael Sarah commercial because I think he's very funny. Yeah. But besides that, I was kind of, yeah. And, you know, they didn't show they didn't show Taylor Swift enough. I could have gone for a few more shots. Oh, sure. I'm fine with it. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't bother me that much. Uh, we all watched it. We were not alone. The The numbers came out yesterday. It was the most watched telecast in history. I can believe that, yeah. Super Bowl was the most watched telecast in history with a total audience delivery of 123.4 million average viewers across all platforms. Uh, CBS, the the old school network, led the way with 120 million viewers, which was the largest audience in history for a single uh, network. It was the most streamed Super Bowl in history, led by a record-setting audience on Paramount+. Plus. More than 200 million viewers watched all or part of the Super Bowl across networks, the highest unduplicated total audience in history, and up uh, 10% 
from last year's Super Bowl. Those are astronomical numbers. Well, let me ask you a question. What did you think of Tony Romo's performance? Uh, he, he was sleepy. Yeah. Uh, also, like, it, it's one thing for us at home. I, don't know, I talked about this a little bit yesterday. It's one thing for us at home to not really understand the overtime rules because they, you know, they, they've changed a bunch. They changed the regular season rules, and, and the rules are different for overtime in the playoffs than they are in the regular season. And we never, but like you're Tony Romo, you're you're on the call here. You are paid an insane amount of money, and he had no idea what the overtime rules were when they were driving late in the game. It's so funny because my wife was was out of the room, and when she came back, she says, "Is it over?" And I'm like, "No, it's it's gone into overtime." And, and she goes, well, explain the rules to me. I said, you got your phone with you? She goes, yeah. <laughs> I said, Google it. He, uh, I mean, he also, like, he, he kind of, he stepped all over the moment on the last play of the game. Cause he yeah, was, that's what a lot of people on awfulannouncing.com yeah, were talking about. He was explaining the, the clock rules, which I, I will say, like, I didn't know. Like, I, I thought we have one overtime period. If it's tied, then we start the next one. But if it just ends, like... You, you have to score. Like, I wasn't sure, and I think a lot of people watching weren't sure. The clock is running down. The Chiefs are taking their sweet-ass time, and everyone's sort of wondering well, what's going to happen when the clock hits zero. And finally, with like 32 seconds left, Romo starts the explanation of this is actually you – know, it's just it's, look at it as a second game. We'll go to a second quarter. There's no need to rush. And as he's finishing that explanation, the game-winning play it is. is starting. Yeah. It's going on. So he's all over Jim Nance and – and, and Nance doesn't have a chance that like, you don't have this whole setup of like this play for the Super Bowl. Like it was just it was a very very awkward finish. Um, but he was yeah he, they they gave him a boatload of money to be their guy like for yeah. the foreseeable future. And he, he sure is did. he's gotten kind of progressively worse. I think what what changed for him when he first came on, everyone was wowed by like how accurate he was when he was predicting plays. Like he would see a a, a certain line. Uh, like set for the defense, he would see a certain setup for the offense, and he'd be able to say like they're going to go out in the flats to you know to to, to Kelsey here, like play action flats. Uh, he's going to be the first read, and he was right all the time. And then I guess people got annoyed by it, and so CBS told him to stop. And that was kind of like his one trick. He had no pivot after that. He's got nothing else to do, and you just realize that base Tony Romo is just kind of a boring guy. And they say he's spending a lot of time on the golf course when the games aren't on well. instead of studying. You know, maybe don't give an announcer like a, a $68 million deal for a long time if, you, if, if, you're, if you're worried about him not, uh, not hanging in there and, and not continuing to work as hard as he had been at the beginning. And Jim Nance was sitting there thinking, come on, Masters Tournament, you're going to be here soon. <laughs> he loves it. This, oh, he does. This is Nance time of the year. He's ready to shine. He's ready oh, to kick yeah. back. It's golf time. So one of my best friends, actually, like, like one of his close friends, who I, I know kind of well but don't know that well, works for the NFL Network. And his buddy hooked him up with, like going to the Super Bowl last week, and so he got to go to all these events. He flew out there, I think, on like Thursday and was there for the, the you know those four days. Got to go to the game, but the thing they did the night before was they they got to go to Tony Romo's private party. Oh, wow! And my buddy is like a diehard Cowboys fan, like loves love Romo when he was there, still loves Romo now. And he did say to his credit, you know, Tony Romo like doesn't know any of them from Adam, like he he and his his three buddies that he was there with. And he's like, Romo sat there and talked football with us for like an hour. Like, just yeah, had a couple drinks, just talked, like, chatted it up with us. Like, I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, that is pretty cool. That yeah. made me like him a little bit more. Yeah. But he still sucks as an announcer now. <laughs> so, there's that. Uh, but it was a, you, you know, a, a very, very celebrated Super Bowl. The numbers are, are outrageous. It, it's, it, you know, people are saying it was the, the most time that, that Americans have been 
to get the largest group of Americans at the same time watching the same thing since the moon landing. Yeah, there's not a lot of that happening anymore. It doesn't. This is the like live sports, in, in particular football, are the one thing that brings us all together to watch to something at the same exact time. Yeah, That's what do, it. What do kids talk about at school the next day with so many choices? I mean, we used to, when we only had four choices back in the day, you know, pretty much everybody, you know, the next day would be talking about the same television shows at school. And yeah. Everything now is just, you know, so many choices. I mean, we was we were the same way. It was a little bit different when I was growing up, but for the most part, you know, there were a handful of games to watch or you know, a particular program on that night. And you, when you came in, like everyone was sort of on the same page. And yeah. it, it, if somebody was watching something different, it was at least something that you were aware of. Like, like you, you're like, maybe I don't like that show, but I know that it's popular. I know, like, kind of the the, the basis of it. I think. Like I have no idea what kids are doing today. I, I, like you know, they're reeling off these YouTube people, these these Twitch people. They're I've staring never heard at their. Them. They're just staring at their phones and not talking to their. You know, when you go out to a restaurant nowadays, it's really. I mean, my my, my wife hates it when when we go out to a restaurant and I get on the phone. And um, we recently went to. Um, I'm not going to say it. One of these breakfast places, and we waited. I, I promised her, I said, I want, I, you know, I'm not going to get on the phone. And so we placed our order and we sat there and we talked for an hour straight. They never brought the food. They did bring the coffee, but they never brought the food. And then we just, we got up and left after an hour. Jeez. And we, um, I remember on the way home, my wife goes, that was a wonderful evening. Like, and I'm like, but they didn't service anything. She goes, no, we actually sat there and talked to one another like we used to. And I'm like, well, you know, I never thought about it, but you're right. We, I, I do miss that. Like they, they, that's something that has gone away from our relationship in the last, like <laughs> since we've had kids. And, and now when we do get a night out, when we do go out to eat, like we will talk about, you know, like, like work and certain things here and there, like new stories. And then invariably it just comes back to the kids. Like, like, you know, what, what oh, they yeah. talk, like you just end up talking about your kids the entire time that you're away from your kids. Sure. But it is a, it's it's totally different now. It's a wild thing. I feel like it's one of those deals where when when the kids are old enough to kind of do their own thing a little bit, and we're able to to resurface, you're sort of like, hey, how have the last eight years been for you? Like, like <laughs> what, what have you been up to? Do you like the same things you used to? Like, <laughs> you know, it's 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 a very different deal because you get like, you know, we're we're, we're, you know, we're like she has a very high stress job. I I work this job and then a couple of other writing gigs. So. I feel like we're both fairly busy. The kids are at school, and then you know, we come home. You, you you feel like you're either doing something for work or for the kids right. constantly until they're asleep, and then you get like one hour, maybe like an hour and a half to like watch TV, eat some dinner, like hang out with each other, and then you you want to make sure that you're getting your own sleep. And it's just it's it's a limited amount of time. It's tough, but you, know, you do the best you can. But then someday when the kids are older and married and they've gone away, you miss it. Yep, that's exactly right. Empty house syndrome. You you do miss it. Like, like I, there, there's already stuff that I miss with uh, you know Virginia. Like she runs into her classroom now and like doesn't even need to like look back at me or give me a hug. And like, <laughs> and like last year she like would freak out if she didn't give me like 15 hugs before she walked in. It was annoying then, but now you you, you kind of miss it. But uh, they are both for all the people that are. I mean, we talked about like the, the the phones and how different things are now. And I, sometimes I bring it up on the show and people will criticize it. And like I, that's why I try to never criticize parenting unless it's awful because everyone's just doing the best they can. Yeah. But sometimes like we do have to like we give them screen time when it's just like out of total necessity. And the last five days have been 
very much an emergency situation. Like I, I tried really hard. Like Mary's been, she's been sick, and today she had to, she had to do some mandatory work stuff, and I've got stuff that I haven't gotten done. Now, could she work from home? She does. We we, okay. we both work from home, but usually we have you know we have in home care after school, right? And we have we haven't wanted to have anybody over because everyone's been so sick, so it's just us. And so, like, Mary's trying to get some stuff done. I'm trying to get some stuff done. And the kids are just, like, they're not feeling well. So they're at each other's throats. Like, they're just pestering each other. They've been stuck in the house for, like, five or six days now. And so, yeah, at a certain point, I'm like, just get the iPad. Just my guy. Like, I never thought I'd be that parent, but I'm like, whatever you want to watch. I don't care. Like, usually we limit it. We're like, you know, you want to watch something, like, educational. Like, you can play, like, this this ABC mouse game that stimulates you with learning. You draw letters and all this stuff. I'm like, you want to watch Frozen Toys? Watch Frozen Toys. I don't care. I've got to get this done. I'm about to. I'm about to absolutely lose it. So the last five days have very much been any port in the storm type situation. I'm, we're just trying to get through it. It's how, terrible. How about a Nyquil cocktail? I know. Yeah, <laughs> get those melatonin gummies. Like, just if you want four, feel oh, they, free. They have melatonin gummies. Oh, they've now? got melatonin and everything. Really? They, I, I have friends. We don't do it. We, we have like. It, when there have been desperate times, we, we have used the melatonin gummies. But I have, we, I have friends that use them every night. <laughs> that are like it's the only way my kids will sleep. And I'm like, well, yeah, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna go. Wow. Yeah, but you get yeah, Trevor. Trevor used to always just say, just give him some Nyquil. I'm like, we're not gonna do that. It's got to be a low dosage of melatonin. Oh yeah, though. it's it's tiny. Yeah. It's tiny. Uh, wow. I think for the kids, who knows. I was, I was having trouble sleeping the other night, and <laughs> I got into my wife's Tylenol three. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I do take small dose melatonin now every night just to try. Oh yeah, it's it's anti-inflammatory, which I need. Oh, and, I didn't know that. Yeah, it helps that, and and uh, it, it it does. Like I I needed to sleep. I just uh, welcome to health talk. Uh, yeah, exactly. Text us your health questions. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, that, that's yeah. That, that's what we've been doing. So that that's our life basically. The Super Bowl, trying to survive. I, this is the worst possible night for this to be like a nine o'clock game tonight too. Like I I just I. I Usually, I don't get as mad as most people about the when there's a late tip off or when there's a big national sports game that's that's kicking off late or first pitch is late. But right now, I, 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 I'm going to be desperate to just go to sleep at eleven o'clock, and that's not going to be something that I can do. So, well, I do have one more Super Bowl question since I didn't have a chance to listen yesterday. How about the halftime show? I was in support of the halftime show. I, I enjoyed Usher. I was yeah, Usher was a like, I'm right in Usher's wheelhouse, right? Like, like I am the the key demographic. The the older millennials, I, I think, are the ones who grew up with Usher. He became popular when I was like 13, 14, mm-hmm. and then became really popular when I was like 18, 19, 20. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Confessions album was a was a big deal for people my age. It was a big deal for me. I was very into it. I enjoyed Usher. I think he's very talented. I would have liked to have. Like, I think he he tried to get too many songs into the performance. Was my yeah. one thing. He would play like seven seconds of one song and then move on. And also the roller skating was a little awkward. That was a <laughs> great idea. He almost bit it a couple times. The slide through the guy's legs didn't go great. Uh, but I I liked it. it. It was not my favorite of all time, but I. I, I give it a thumbs up. Well, uh, out of all the Super Bowls you remember, what would be your your favorite all time? The, the halftime shows. Yeah, yeah. I really liked the rap one a couple of years ago with with Eminem and, and Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. I Dog. remember that. Yeah, I thought that was great. The Prince one in 07 The Prince one was, was fantastic. Really good. Yeah, I thought the U two one was very good. Uh, a few years before that, 
And then I really like the Bruno Mars one a, a couple of – not that long ago. I think he's an underrated performer. That one doesn't get as much love as I think it deserves. I guess because of my generation, I'd have to say the one with Paul McCartney. Paul, I, I like the Paul McCartney one because I'm a, a, a Paul fan. I know some people my age didn't like – I was talking about this yesterday about how people my age now, they're like – when they see a Super Bowl performer like Usher – or like Rihanna last year, we're all like, oh, thank God they're not doing one of these shows for the old people with like Paul McCartney <laughs> or The Who. And yeah, they're finally giving us a Super Bowl show for the young. And then you start to realize like, oh God, like, like we've, <laughs> we've become like, th- that's what 20-somethings are thinking now. Like who the hell cares about Usher? Uh, oh, you, you should go back and, and look through the list of a, a lot of the halftime shows. You, you know, one year he had up with people and another year you had carol shanning yeah and, and you know i mean it just it it really evolved over the years well the michael jackson thing so other networks started getting wise to the fact that their only chance to cut into the super bowl crowd was during halftime that's right yeah. and so you, you know like, like fox did a, a mad tv special during halftime and, one year and they also did the um Celebrity uh, Deathmatch. In, in Living Color. In Living Color. You, That's what I'm thinking of. Not Matt TV. It was in Living yeah, Color. in Living Color. And then that. MTV would started started doing those Celebrity death matches, which had gotten popular during halftime. And so that's what led to the, the, the Michael Jackson halftime show. It was they, they were finally trying to do something that would get people to not change the channel. And that set the stage for all these acts. But yeah, when I was growing up, I was always like, hey, like who cares about you know the Rolling Stones? They, you know, <laughs> I was like, these these old people bands. Now I'm, I'm like, hell yeah, we're finally getting to the young people. And you're like, oh yeah, we're almost 40. So it's it's a little bit different now. And of course, before the Super Bowl, and I can't believe my wife actually watched this for like three or four hours straight. She loves that Puppy Bowl. Puppy Bowl, they, we used to put it on in the background every yeah, then, early yeah. in the day. Yeah. Uh, it, it was one of those it always sounded good in theory you're like hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. puppy bull and then you turn it on and you're like oh they don't do anything it's just, it's just like it, it's a cute dog and a, a, you know a couple of cute dogs here and there doing something and then after like 10 minutes of it you're like okay th- th- there's not really anything going on here did you watch any of nickelodeon's coverage of the super bowl i didn't we talked about this yesterday a little bit i, I saw the the thing is it was actually pretty neat i watched part of it it's a great idea i know people give it crap and it, it's not for me but I can see why it plays with a certain audience. For me, because it was very, it was all like SpongeBob, and right. and SpongeBob was past my time. Like I, I was in that that generation that was just like too old for SpongeBob when it started getting really popular. But if you did a, I don't know, like a like a Rugrats or a Doug themed Super Bowl, like I'd be all about it. But I, I get why it works. Wasn't the uh, the serious announcer on there was was Noah Eagle, which is Ian Eagle's son who looks and talks exactly like his father. Yeah, he, he does. I would like uh, – I want Nickelodeon to expand on this and just start doing more different sporting events. Like, you know, like, like you know, let's do baseball. Do the World Series. Oh, yeah. Have Dora the Explorer explain why a guy, like, pimps a home run, why the, the pitcher has to throw at his ass the next time he's up. Like, just, it's, it's, a, it's an unwritten baseball rule. Do you see? You've got to bean him in the stomach. See? Like, just something like that. Why not? That would be kind of neat to see that. I'd be fine. I mean, you better put a trademark on that. You never know well, what might happen. You know, you have to get kids into baseball somehow because they're yeah. not doing it naturally. Oh, no, that's, no. That's the way that it works. But uh, I, I like the graphics, too. The, the, the kitty graphics are fun. It is fun. I mean, I, I, I think it's a, it was one of those deals where when you hear it pitched, you're like, how is that going to work? It's really tough to visualize. And then when you see it actually play out, you're like, okay, like they, they, it, it works a lot better than I thought it was going to when I first read about the idea on paper. 
Um, so props to the, those f- fine folks over there at Nickelodeon. They that's right. The, uh, they, they keep the slime rolling for a reason. Owned it's, by CBS. That's why we had it. That there way. you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we're going to take our first break here. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about Louisville-Boston College tonight. One player who will not be in the lineup for the cards, which we found out uh, uh, why after yesterday's show. We can also get into this uh, the, the latest NCAA catastrophe news. And then a reminder, Eric Crawford will join us at 4.05 to talk about all things uh, UofL sports and beyond. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1. It's back after this on the Big X. Oh. Perfect spot for a healthy alternative to fast food. They provide a variety of freshly made sandwiches, as well as salads and delicious soups. And you can dine in or take it to go. They also have many dinner options, such as ham, turkey, frozen sides, and desserts, which provide a complete meal. Catering is also available for small groups or large gatherings. Call Honey Baked Ham today, 812-941-9426. Or visit them, 3602 Northgate Court, Suite 23 in New Albany. Crack Sporting Goods is Southern Indiana's team sports specialist and is your local Adidas team product dealer. Crack specializes in outfitting your team, organization, club, or business in apparel, hard goods, and accessories from Adidas and many others. Kratz offers fundraising opportunities for your team, organization, or club through online web stores. Let our friendly staff get you started today by calling 812-282-5400 or visit and shop at our website at kratzsports.com. Until about 10 years ago, for any electrical work I needed at my house, I was always calling a different electrician, sometimes for the same job. Things weren't done right and they weren't done on time, but for the last 10 years, Allen Electrical has been the only one I call. The work is unparalleled, it's prompt, the team's the epitome of professionalism. (laughs) You know, when I see an Allen Electrical truck in a neighbor's driveway, I kind of smile because I know they're getting the best. Allen Electrical, your electrician for life. Visit allenelectrical.com. They'll never leave you in the dark. Hi, this is Nathan, General Manager at your local AirServe. We know it's cold, but we are here for our customers in any weather. We are working around the clock to ensure that you'll be comfortable in your home. If your heat is off, call us now. Or if it's working, call AirServe for a free peace of mind safety inspection and tune-up for only $69. We are here for our customers during this weather. Stay warm, stay comfortable, stay AirServe. Time to replace or service your HVAC system? Variad BJ Heating and Cooling can help you choose the best and most reliable new Bryant cooling and heating system to fit your family's needs. Bryant, whatever it takes. BJ Heating and Cooling has faithfully served Kentuckiana for over 35 years and is one of the largest and most reliable heating and cooling companies in Kentuckiana. Experts you can trust can be reached at 812-283-7221 and online at bjheatcool.com. Check out Thornton's all-new Southern Style Biscuits, the perfect complement to your morning breakfast sandwich. You will love the buttery goodness that will wake up your taste buds in the morning. Come on in and grab a breakfast sandwich today. Looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction? Well, right now, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. It's time for an American revival. Join General Michael Flynn and patriots from around the country on President's Day for the American Revival Rally in Kentucky. Tickets on sale now at rwfforum.org. Don't let President Trump do this alone. 
Stand Up for America, February 19th at 6 p.m. at the Paraguay Springs Conference Center. Visit rwfforum.org, that's rwfforum.org, for tickets and more information. Presented in part by Kentucky's Voice and Kentucky Republican Women for Freedom. John Spears for M&M Cartage. You see those trucks riding down the road with the M&M Cartage sign? You could be a driver or work as a mechanic on one of those trucks for 45 years. M&M Cartage has been a locally family-owned transportation company, and they're currently hiring those drivers and mechanics. To join their team, go online to mmcartage.com to apply. Headquartered in Louisville with locations in Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Morristown, Tennessee, and Detroit. That's mmcartage.com to apply. Back for your Tuesday. I'm 1450-961 The Big X. Back here on the Mike Rutherford Show. Fat Tuesday. Supposed to be eating a lot. Gary, you eating a lot? Oh, yeah. Stuff in your face today? Oh, yeah. Gonna get me some king cake. Atta boy. Always a weird thing that you wanted to... The concept of a king cake first came up. We're learning in like a class lesson. First or second grade, Wilder Elementary. And the idea that you got to... like You wanted to eat the baby. Just felt wrong and kind of unreligious but i didn't fight it oh i wanted that baby i wanted the good luck for a year uh, it didn't happen but it's okay props to everybody out there celebrating mardi gras celebrating fat tuesday ash wednesday and valentine's day clashing tomorrow it's a clash of uh you know you, i was gonna say holidays but not really holidays but one holiday one religious holiday uh, all going down tomorrow. We've got basketball tonight, though. Louisville taking on Boston College. 9 o'clock tip on the ACC Network. You can listen to all the action, as always, on our sister station, 970 WGTK. After we got off the air yesterday, we we mentioned, I think before we got off the air, there was a report on carchronicle.com. Great website. Check it out. Uh, from our own CDK saying that Sky Clark, Louisville starting point guard, had suffered a broken rib in the game against Georgia Tech on Saturday night. He said he didn't you know, had not confirmed it, but just said you know he, he's hearing Sky suffered a broken rib. Not sure what's going to go on. Pain tolerance is the biggest issue there. Pretty soon after we got off the air, I, I think Sky addressed it on social media himself and, and said it's true. Suffered a broken rib in the Georgia Tech game. Played through the pain. Not sure. You know, uh, I'll be back. Was basically the way that he put it. And I saw. I, I think. Uh, Jeremy from from Carl Sports Zone said that he you know he's close with with Sky Clark or no Sky Clark and had said that he expects to be back before the or for the 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 ACC tournament in March, and U of L was contacted directly about this from a variety of media sources that confirmed the news about the broken rib, and all they said about Sky's status moving forward is that he was doubtful for the Boston College game. So I, I think it's safe to assume you will not see Sky Clark in uniform tonight for the Cards in Chestnut Hill. No idea when he may come back, but for now, it's the Tyler Johnson show. Which, on one hand, look, the only time that we've played without Sky Clark so far this season, we played very well. He was not available for the Florida State game. Tyler Johnson played 38 minutes off the bench, and all he did with those 38 minutes was do something that no Louisville player had ever done before. 27 points, 11 assists. A stat line that had never been done by any Cardinal. And I think the 27 points, 11 assists, and 6 rebounds wound up being a stat line that only uh, like two power conference players 
have produced over the last 10 years. So he played very well, and Louisville played very well as a team. So if you want to look at reasons why maybe this could be a, a good thing, you let Tyler Johnson roll. He doesn't have to worry about going to the bench. He can kind of play freely. On the flip side, Louisville's already thin. We're dealing with a, a ton of injuries, a rash of injuries. Um, you, you, you lost J.J. Trainer for the season. Emmanuel Corafor has been in and out of the lineup. There's talk that, that Tyler, I mean, Tyler's missed a game for an injury as well. Trey White's missed some time with injuries. There's, there's talk that both those guys are banged up. Uh, we know Dennis Evans had to leave the, the, the program for medical issues, for medical reasons. Hersey Miller is out for the rest of the season because of a hip injury. So it's already a thin team. And now you're basically playing seven guys for the last couple of weeks. And now you lose one of those key players for the foreseeable future. And he's a guy who, look, Sky Clark has been up and down. The fan base has been up and down with him. He's a guy who, when he's good, is clearly one of your most talented players. And he's a guy who knows how to run the offense. He takes care of the ball at times. He can handle pressure. He's you know, a capable outside shooter. When he gets hot, he's a good outside shooter. So losing him will hurt. Getting him back at some point would help. But I think there's an excitement to being able to see Tyler Johnson play with reckless abandon for, for 35, 38 minutes. Again, limited sample size, but he's done well so far when he's had that opportunity. Now, the game against Boston College tonight, I won't talk at length about BC because nobody really wants to hear that. But Boston College, third year now uh, under Earl Grant, who was replacing Jim Christian, came in to try to get this program back to being a contender in the ACC, had a fairly successful first two years. Now, finding some difficulty taking that next step. It's cool that if you go 13-20 and 20 in year one, we definitely would have signed up for that here. Last year has a winning record. I think they, they won eight or nine conference games. Uh, and now this year you're expecting to take that next step forward, and it just it has not happened. They went 9-2 and two against a very light non-conference schedule. They lost games uh, to Colorado State, which is understandable, and to Loyola Chicago, which is less understandable. They did beat St. John's, which was a nice win for them. But they're just 4-8 and eight in the ACC. And maybe more importantly, they're four and eight without any really quality victories to point to. The teams that they've beaten have all pretty much been the usual suspects. Um, you know, they they've got a win over Georgia Tech. They've got two wins over Notre Dame, and they beat Syracuse at home. So you haven't beaten anybody in the top half of the conference. They've got a a roster that's loaded with okay players. The one big exception, and we talked about this briefly yesterday, is Quentin Post, who you may remember him from last season. Seven-footer from Amsterdam. He torched us when the two teams played in the regular season. He wound up winning most improved player in the ACC last year. He did not play when we played them in the conference tournament. It didn't matter. They beat us by 18. But he's their best player. The offense flows through him. He can score at all three levels. He's a good passer for somebody his size. They like to let him initiate the offense. And he also, I mean, it, notably, is one of those crazy, weird, you kind of finagle the stats to, to make it be impressive. But it's still impressive. He's the only major conference player in America that's averaging at least 16 points, 7.9 boards, 2.8 assists, and 1.8 blocks per game. So he's very good. It's going to be a tall test for Brandon Huntley-Hatfield. Um, he's... BHA has played pretty well against the best big men that he's faced so far this season. Outside of post, they've got a bunch of just, yeah, okay players. Claudel Harris is a transfer from Charleston Southern. 
He scores 14 points per game. He's our second leading scorer. He also is the guy who's the biggest volume shooter from three, which makes him the most likely guy that we refuse to guard, even though he's already hit five threes, candidate of the night. Don't be surprised. Like Again, if he hits his first three, we're just going to keep leaving him open. So Claudio Harris, circle that name. He, he could go off tonight. The other guy I, I think that you have to talk about when you talk about Boston College with this matchup in particular is Jaden Zachary, third-year in the program. He's been the point guard all three years. He runs the show. He's averaged double figures all three of his seasons at BC. And he's the quarterback. He gets things going for them. And he's played very well against Louisville. Last year, they played us twice. Both games, he scored 15 points. One game, he had seven assists. The other game, he had eight assists. He's a tough assignment for Tyler Johnson because he's a very heady player. He does not screw up a ton. He makes the right decisions. And I think he knows that Tyler Johnson is a little bit over-aggressive on defense. And if there's been a, a, a – there are still several weaknesses to Tyler Johnson's game. He's reckless on offense. He turns the ball over too much. He's not a great outside shooter. But the biggest one to me is gambling way too much on defense. Not, not necessarily because I don't like the gambling if you get steals, but because he fouls way too much. He's way too willing to get just silly ticky-tack fouls. And that can't happen now that you're the only available point guard on the roster. If Tyler Johnson picks up three first-half fouls tonight, or picks up two fouls in the, in the opening segment and Kenny Payne doesn't want to play him the rest of the half. We're screwed. We're screwed. You've got, I know we had to come back against Clemson without a true point guard available, but winning a full game on the road against a, you know, Boston College is not good, but they're good enough. Team in BC with Mike James or Curtis Williams or somebody else trying to initiate the offense, I, I think is a tall, tall ask. And Zachary is smart enough that he probably understands that Johnson can be over-aggressive on defense, and he's going to try to get him in foul trouble. So that's a concern for me. Yeah, I think you have to get – you want Tyler to be aggressive. You don't want to limit the things that he does that make him an effective player and that make him so exciting for the future of this program if he sticks around. But you also have to, to let him know, like, look, we need you out there. It, maybe you, you, you get a steal if you reach – but it's probably not worth it. Like the, the the risk outweighs the reward in this particular situation because we can't afford to have you on the bench for an extended period of time. So that concerns me about this game. The other thing that concerns is BC, as limited as they are when it comes to just overall skill, like I, I think we're a more talented team than this Boston College team, and I don't think it's particularly close, even without Sky Clark. Post is a unique talent. At every other position, Like we're going to have the more talented player maybe not the better player but the more talented player but boston college they don't beat themselves they're 65th nationally in turnovers per game they only commit 10 and a half if that holds up it would be the, the lowest rate of turnovers per game that boston college has ever had since the, the stat began being tracked in 1979-80 they're in the process of having the third best assisted turnover ratio that they've ever had as a program, and the best since 05, 06 when they were competing for ACC titles. They just, like, they're good shooters from the outside. They're good shooters from the inside. They take care of the ball. They're just a solid offensive team. Now, defensively, they're not very good. And I think it's because they don't have a lot of athletes out there. We should be able to score on them. But this is another game where if we just don't do anything on, on offense – 
I mean, on defense, we're going to get outscored because they've got guys that just, like, they've got a system that works better than our system because I don't know what our system is. But if they have an off shooting night, if they have a couple guys getting foul trouble, if, if, you know, if Post is just off his game, which we've seen it happen a couple times before, we can outscore them. It could happen. But it, the better way to win this is running effective offense and then maybe just doing a little bit more defensively. Using your superior athleticism to, I don't know, not let them get around you or to locate shooters on the outside and properly contest. It, you know, Post has a couple inches on BHH. If he's just going to score, like that's one thing. But don't let him catch the ball in a position to score. Just do the little things. Guard the guy that's that's hot from the outside. Don't get beat back door. Don't let turnovers turn into easy buckets for them. Because that's another thing Zachary does well. I think he's three steals away from being like number five on their all-time list. He, he's a very capable defender um, when it comes to gambling and, and coming away with steals and turning those into garbage points on the other end. So don't let that happen. The spread right now, I believe, is nine and a half. It opened at eight and a half, and and then was I think dropped to seven and a half after the Sky Clark news came down. Before the Sky Clark news came out, which I thought was smart. I mean, I I think this is a team that Louisville could definitely play with. The Sky Clark news broke, and now it swung back in the direction of BC, and they're a nine and a half point favorite, which I also get. Um, Boston College has not been particularly great at home. Everybody's good at home in college basketball this year at the Power Conference level. Almost everybody. Boston College has been just okay by those standards. They lost to NC State in overtime at home. They lost to Wake Forest at home. They lost to North Carolina at home. And they lost to Florida State at home. So four losses, three of those teams are understandable. The Florida State loss is not great, uh, but it only came by a point, but it was last week. So Chestnut Hill, not a gigantic home court advantage. Having said that, we're 1-24 in, in road games or neutral court games under Kenny Payne. So you've got something to prove that. We've played better on the road a couple of times this year, uh, especially as of late. You could have easily won the Syracuse game. You could have easily won the game before that against Clemson if some things had broken your way a little bit earlier. I don't think the road is going to be overly intimidating. I think if you get beat, just because you got beat. But this is a game, I think it's another one that shapes the narrative for the remainder of the season because Boston College, and we're going to see them at home in a couple of weeks after this, but Boston College is not a team that's more talented than you are. They're not a team that's really done anything on paper that says you shouldn't be able to play with them, especially if we have, quote-unquote, turned that corner and played better basketball and had that clicking moment, had that light bulb moment. Like This is a game that you should be in. I'm not saying you have to win it, but it's it, it, there's no real excuse for just losing or trailing from start to finish and, and losing by 8 to 14 points or something like that. Like th th This is not a BC team, even without Sky Clark, that you shouldn't be able to hang with. So we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, cards and Eagles tipping off at 9 o'clock. It's a series that has been, had been, dominated by Louisville since they made the move to the ACC. They were 8-1 and one against the Eagles in conference games before last season when they lost both meetings against Boston College. Uh, one of those coming in the, in the regular season, the other coming in the first round of the ACC tournament. Let's rectify that. Let's get back on our winning ways. Let's uh, let's keep the conversation awkward. Let's keep that happening. Let's get a win. Let's get a win tonight. Let's make it happen. Uh, nine and a half point underdogs is what where Louisville sits right now. So hopefully they can get it done. If you have thoughts on the game, we can go to the text line now five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. We'll go a little bit earlier to wrap up hour number two because our hour number one because to start hour number two we got Eric Crawford coming on 
at 4.05 to talk a little bit of Cardinal Athletics. Uh, Texture says, you skipped over this text yesterday. Sorry, apologies. But when we look back, we'll remember Saturday, February 10th, as the greatest day of the Kenny Payne era. Cards win, and UK, Rick Pitino, and his Nepo baby son at New Mexico all lose in embarrassing fashion. It's kind of hard to call Richard Pitino a Nepo baby when he's got New Mexico in the top 25. Uh, I think he's doing he's doing pretty well. But I, I do enjoy days when we've had two straight Saturdays where Louisville has won and Kentucky has lost. It's happened three times in the Kenny Payne era now. Wouldn't hate for it to keep going on. I enjoy it. Let's make it another one this weekend. We got Pitt. I don't know who UK plays. UK plays tonight, actually. They play uh, They play Ole Miss and Chris Beard. So we could have another day where Louisville wins and Kentucky loses. I don't think they're going to lose to Ole Miss, but we'll find out. Texture says, apparently Truly Donovan has mentioned in his Discord that Eric Musselman is a done deal to Louisville. How legitimate do you think that information is? We do, this was Somebody sent in the screenshot yesterday. Um, I don't think it's legitimate. I, I don't think that anything is a done deal. Um, Truly's kind of been, he has been talking about behind closed doors. He, he's been messaging about, are you hearing stuff with Musselman? Are you, do you think stuff's going on with Moss? That's what I'm hearing for a while now. The more that I, I, I kind of talk to, to various people and the more that I see them or hear them ask me questions, the more I kind of doubt that they have a full grasp of what's going on there. Um, so I, I don't think anything's a done deal. I mean, the same people that now are, are talking about Eric Musselman are the same people that this weekend were saying they think it's Dusty May. Um, I don't think that that's true. Having said that, like the some of the college basketball people that I know that, that keep track tabs on all this stuff, when you ask them about the Eric Musselman thing, they won't say that they think it's a, a done deal, but they will say that they've heard it from other people that this is there's legitimacy there. So I can't fully discredit. I don't think it's true. I think it'd be weird to already have that deal locked up, especially with Arkansas being in the middle of the the cluster of a situation of a season that they are. But it's possible. I'll say this for Eric Musselman because I I was he was a guy that I was was high on initially back in 2018 as a secondary candidate when. He was sort of floated. I think he wanted the job. I mean, he basically put it out there. He wanted the job. I think he wanted it two years ago. Now he wanted a million dollars more per year from Louisville than he was getting from Arkansas, which was too rich, but he wanted the gig. Here's what Musselman, if you hired him, would do. He would absolutely galvanize the fan base. He'd go out and he'd get players. He'd get guys from the transfer portal that are high in everybody's transfer portal rankings. He would tell the fan base exactly what it wants to hear. He would have a ton of press conferences, a ton of radio interviews, a ton of media spots, a ton of availability. He'd, he'd scream, he'd shout, he'd talk about the greatness of Louisville. He, he would feed the fan base exactly what it wants. He'd be, there would be a lot of off-season energy surrounding the program. I don't know how... I don't know if he can win a national title here. The X's and the O's stuff is a, is a little bit iffy, but it's been good enough to go to, to to what? Three straight Sweet 16s and a couple of regional finals? He took Arkansas to a place they hadn't been since the, the last time they played for a national title. It had been a long time since that program, which is a proud program with a great fan base, 
had played into the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, and now it's be, he's become a staple there. He won't be this year because they're not going to make the NCAA tournament unless they win the SEC tournament. But I, I think there are some concerns there, but there are also some positives there. It'd be a hell of a fun start. I can guarantee that. It'd be, he, it'd be easy to get behind the message that he would preach almost immediately if he got the job. And look, if, if you're looking for a, a timeline that would work, he's probably going to be available. His season's probably going to be over right around the same time that our season's over. So if we lost in the, the second round of the ACC tournament on Wednesday, he's probably going out in the, the first or the second round of the SEC tournament, which would be Wednesday or Thursday. So we could you know, move on from Kenny Payne and hire Eric Musselman before we even get to Selection Sunday. Again, I'm not saying that I'm hearing that that's exactly what's going to happen, but I know that that's, that speculation's out there. Texas says, can we ask Eric Crawford what his favorite poet is? I know he's uh, he's he's going to have a great answer. Uh, we tried that with Scoots and Trevor. It didn't go great. Gary, do you have a favorite poet or a favorite poem? Nope. Uh, Scoots couldn't name one poem. <laughs> couldn't name a poem. Uh, roses are red, violets are blue. Yeah, I think that's exactly where he went, too. Yeah. He's, like, he's got another name of it. Uh, Trevor did, he, he did bring up Shel Silverstein, A Light in the Attic, and, and a couple of the poems there, which I was very impressed by. I never was much into poetry. It's, it's, it's fine. It's okay. Texas says, uh, how can I go about lowering my A1C? I don't even know what that means. It's cholesterol. Oh, um, get on a statin. I guess, I guess he took me literally when I said we were doing health talk. <laughs> Resuvastatin. Make it happen. Texture says, 502-414-1450. Texture says, Mike, I'm concerned from watching the Super Bowl and the overall direction of the country. Did you see the commercial about twisting Oreos? We don't twist. We dunk Oreos in this country. Should we be concerned about the use? You're not going to like my answer here. I'm a twister. I twist. I don't dunk. So do I. I'm a twister. Take them apart. I'm a, that's exactly what I am. Texas is great. The cards are on the road on a Catholic holiday at a Catholic school. We're definitely doomed tonight. Maybe. I don't, who knows? We don't, have, uh, we, we don't have Father Bradley on our bench anymore. He was always, the, you know, you had Patino. You, you felt good. I guess the do we have we have a commercial about it the A1C that's what it is. There you go. Texas says uh, with all the injuries and medical issues, how can herd fire KP? LOL. Year three, here we come. I, I mean, I I think this is going to be a growing sentiment amongst the fan base. I, I think you're already hearing it. This the contingent of fans who who think that Kenny Payne deserves a year three regardless are going to play this up. They're going to play up the, look, the roster that you thought you had on August 1st. You might finish the the season without six of those guys. Is that right? Trent Flowers never even made it here. He made it here. He did, didn't make it at the start of the season. Karan Davis got kicked off the team. Dennis Evans had a medical issue that forced him to, to, to leave the program. Hersey Miller had an injury that ended his season short. J.J. Trainer had an injury that ended his season short, and now we don't really know what Scott Clark's future is, but he's clearly going to be hindered by an injury, even if he comes back. That's six guys. And two of them are key contributors. I, I, I guess you could say like two of them are key contributors. Two of them are like the only people who really contributed. Dennis Evans started a few games but didn't really do anything. But this will still be led, be, be used as a rallying cry for people who are saying, you've got to give him a fair shake. Didn't have a fair chance. Who knows how good we could have been had we not had the 
the off the court stuff and the on the court injuries and, and all these distractions. You got to let Kenny Payne cook. And even with all the injuries, he still won 10, 11, 12 games, whatever it winds up being. I've got no idea how much it factors into Josh Hurd's decision. I'm curious. I'm, I'm going to ask Eric that at 4 or 5 because, look, Eric's the one guy who's kind of talked face-to-face with him at any point in the last uh, two months outside of the media availability that he had following the, the Board of Trustees meeting a couple weeks ago. Crawford's the only guy who had to sit down with him. I, I don't know if he has any sort of idea or better idea than any of us as far as how this is going to factor into Josh's decision, but it's, it's certainly something that we're going to talk about. There's no question about it. Tegra says, I love that I broke news to you that was published on your own website. I legit laughed at your surprise. I had no idea. I mean, everybody else, I think, runs stuff by me. CDK, I just let cook. Like, CDK is posting his own stuff. Like, it, there's no editing with CDK. Uh, when we brought him on a few years ago, I was like, yeah, I mean, it, he, he would kind of hit the, like, alert the editor before you publish button at the beginning. After a while, like, you've done this for, like, 60 years, man. Like, you're good. Go for it. So, yeah, I had no idea. And we used to, before Elon wrecked Twitter, we used to have this thing where stories would tweet automatically from my account if you post them. We now can't do that anymore, and we're not alone. Every media organization now, it doesn't work for us anymore. I don't know. It's a bug that just never got fixed. So it used to be if, if CD posted something, I would just at least see the tweet come out of my account, and now I don't even know when he posts stuff. But he's got free reign. I had no idea. But he, he scooped everybody yesterday with the Sky Clark rib injury news. Texter says, uh, co-host went from Pablo Escobar to Mr. Rogers, talking about strong, strong Tylenol. Yeah. Texter says, fire Kenny Payne, save our program. Yeah. Texter says, why so sad, Mike? Not sad. Texter says, can't read that. Texter says, too early for Muscleman Wright would be a bad look if Hurd hires a coach that misses the tournament, wouldn't it? Th- this is, is going to be a thing with a lot of these guys, is that, a lot of the pool of candidates that we're talking about are having bad years. Dusty May at Florida Atlantic, who we brought up earlier, like they're fine. They're going to make the NCAA tournament. They're not top 10 good, which is where they were in the preseason. They're probably going to, if they make a run, it's going to be from the same spot they were last year. I know that they played in the, they were a nine seed last year. They're probably going to be in that seven to 11 range. If they're in the NCAA tournament, Musselman going to miss the NCAA tournament. Mick Cronin going to miss the NCAA tournament. Jerome Tang might miss the NCAA tournament. I think they'll end up making it, but if they do, it's going to be as a low seed. So there's going to be a recency effect at play where there's a strong chance that we're going to hire a guy who's coming off of a just whatever season. And there's going to be pushback from a lot of people on that. Why wouldn't you just keep Kenny Payne for a a third year? This is the best that we can do. Got to look at the overall body of work. Or we could do the opposite. Maybe there's a guy that we're not really talking about at all right now who makes a deep run, surprise run to a regional final, and bang, winds up getting the job. It happens every March where there's a position that opens up and somebody who wasn't on anybody's list makes a deep run in the tournament and they end up getting that gig. I don't. Nobody was talking about Dusty May a year ago, and if they'd lost that game to Memphis, which they should have, they're probably still not talking about Dusty May. So the tournament does change things. Uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, Eric Crawford will join us at 4.05. We'll talk to him about all things Cardinal. It's Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 Biggest. 
Sports Talk, 1450 and 96.1 FM. The Big X Sports Radio, WXVW, Jeffersonville. Hey there, New Albany. This is Mayor Jeff Gahan. It's another year here in our River City, and what better time to show your support for our high school's athletic programs. Whether it's basketball or football, track and field or soccer, swimming or tennis, our Bulldogs are giving it their all on the field and court. So let's rally behind them, New Albany. Come out to the games, cheer them on, and let's make some noise. Let's show everyone what it means to be a part of the best city in Southern Indiana. Go Bulldogs! Time to replace or service your HVAC system? Barry at BJ Heating and Cooling can help you choose the best and most reliable new Bryant cooling and heating system to fit your family's needs. Bryant, whatever it takes. BJ Heating and Cooling has faithfully served Kentuckiana for over 35 years and is one of the largest and most reliable heating and cooling companies in Kentuckiana. Experts you can trust can be reached at 812-283-7221 and online at bjheatcool.com. Where have we learned what it takes to be committed to something bigger than ourselves? To understand how our actions impact others. To always put the team first. High School Sports. I'm Grayson Mealy from Westell High School. And I'm Keely Hanazeski from Penn High School. While we want to win games and be successful for ourselves, the commitment we have to our teammates means we want to win for each other. We always give our best for each other. We want to help each other achieve something great. Whether that's carrying on school traditions, being a positive example in our community, or winning a state championship. Our commitment to our team, our school, and our community is the reason for everything we do. I am IHSAA Commissioner Paul Noddy. You can show your commitment to being a champion of high school sports by buying a ticket to your school's athletic events. This is committing to your team. This is committing to high school sports. This is your IHSAA. When design is key to your landscape project, give Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design a call at 812-288-6691. Walnut Ridge has more experience than any landscape company in the area. Remember, Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design. When design is key to your project and you want the most experienced landscaping company in the area. Give Walnut Ridge a call at 812-288-6691. Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design. When design is key. One of your favorite childhood memories is probably those visits to your local bakery and all those wonderful aromas fresh out of the oven. Chances are that bakery was Williams Bakery, 1051 North Clark Boulevard, Clarksville. Open seven days a week, Williams Bakery is Clark County's only remaining full-service bakery. Stop by so they can serve you. Or phone Ernie Polston and his dedicated staff at 284-2867. That's 284-2867. If you own a business, you know how important it is to have a strong relationship with your bank. Republic Bank has proudly served businesses across our communities for more than 40 years, and we've had their backs the whole time. We offer a variety of business deposit accounts and loan options, along with a team of experienced bankers who will take the time to understand your unique needs and financial goals. Choose the bank that has your back. Republic Bank, the easy bank for business. Visit republicbank.com. Member FDIC. Kratz Sporting Goods is Southern Indiana's team sports specialist and is your local Adidas team product dealer. Kratz specializes in outfitting your team, organization, club, or business in apparel, hard goods, and accessories from Adidas and many others. Kratz offers fundraising opportunities for your team, organization, or club through online web stores. 
Let our friendly staff get you started today by calling 812-282-5400 or visit and shop at our website at kratzsports.com. We're always feeling fat on these uh, on this show these days, but especially today, I'm feeling overweight because it's Fat Tuesday. Happy Fat Tuesday to everybody listening. Should you celebrate? I guess it's appropriate then to play Elvis. It feels good. Feels good. Enjoy it. Uh, Mike Rutherford Show, hour number two, starting now here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. We're very excited to be joined on the uh, the hotline. We haven't used the hotline in a long time. Uh, the esteemed Eric Crawford of WDRB. You know his work. You love his work. You love hearing from him. He's going to join us now to talk about all the big happenings in the world of Cardinal Athletics. Eric, how are you? I'm doing well, man. The hotline still works. One out of every three times we use it, it still works. So this is a <laughs> we're feeling especially fortunate on this Tuesday. We're good to go. Uh, we'll start with this, I guess, Eric. Uh, the Sky Clark injury news breaks yesterday. We're not exactly sure what the timeline is for his return or even if there's going to be a return. All we know is that, according to L, he's doubtful for tonight's game. Safe to assume he's probably not going to play. Uh, what does this do for L? There's been this talk of corner turning and, and the team playing better. The offenses look good. They played well without him against Florida State. How does Louisville handle the latest injury this late in the season? Yeah, that's a good question. So far... Every time somebody's gone out, well, not every time, but mo- lately, anytime anybody's gone out, they've actually played better. But I don't think that's the case with Sky. Sky, I think, could actually been playing some better basketball. He hasn't, like, he, he still needs to get consistency. He's still in stretches. But uh, he, he's a big part of what they do. Obviously, he's their number two scorer. So it changes the way, you know, the team, the team looks. It means Curtis Williams has to come in and, play a bigger offensive role, which he's capable of doing, and and uh, we'll see. It was just kind of weird. It's it's usually not, in this day and age of college sports, you know, it's not the player tweeting the injury that is, is the announcement of the injury. And then the school comes along behind and says he's doubtful instead of just he's out. So I, who knows what we'll see. Uh, of course, that's true going into any given game, but but it's significant for Louisville. And, you know, I, what does it mean down the stretch? I, I don't know, and, and you know, it gets really interesting when you start talking about evaluating the job Kenny Payne has done based on results. If if he's got all these pieces hurt, you know, how, how do they evaluate that, and, and and how do how do fans evaluate it? How do we evaluate it? What do you make of? Because you know, I, I think that we've had this conversation what feels like a billion times in the show over the last few weeks, especially. You can be upset with the overall direction of the program and the job that Kenny Payne's done while also acknowledging that things have gotten better as the season has gone along. And it's impossible to have watched this team look the way that it did at times in December, especially, and look the way that it does now and not see improvement. This is the same team that sleptwalked through those games against Arkansas State and DePaul. And even since then, when they've lost, they've at least looked, the effort's been better. Some of the execution on offense has certainly looked better. What do you attribute that to? I mean, it, could it have been the vote of confidence that, that Hurd gave to Payne? Is it just guys getting better as the season's gone along? What do you think? I do think guys look more comfortable on the court, and I do think, in general, offensively, they just waste fewer possessions, 
not that they're turning it over and that's whatever, but they just, you know, there, there's still shots that you're like, why? But not as many maybe as there were earlier. Uh, I think that, you know, Sky Clark was playing better. The freshmen are getting more mature. And I, I, I didn't know how good this team would be, but I said for a season, they're going to be as good as these freshmen are. And these are really good freshmen. I mean, they're as solid as any three freshmen Louisville's had in a long time. So, so that's promising. Yes, you can say that. And yes, you can say, I do think Kenny Payne looks more comfortable. Uh, he looks a little bit more in command of them than he was earlier. So that's also true. Um, none of that is to say anything about what's going to be decided at the end of the year. We have to watch. And fortunately, I think their last four games on the schedule are going to be repeat games. So we're going to be able to compare what they do at the end to what they did earlier. And, you know, at the end of all this, there's a whole, it's like, it's like you're supposed to do the NCAA tournament. You just throw out the last game. You just build it from scratch and say, okay, this is what you've got. This is the body of work. Good enough, not good enough, whatever. But, uh, we're going to learn more about this team, injuries or not. We have this this, this trend going on in the show where in the days after a Louisville loss, the, the text line, shout out Thorn, Thorne's text line, the text line is just, it's 80% people talking about other coaching candidates who we're going to bring in. And then in the days after wins, it's 80% people terrified that Kenny Payne's going to get a third year. Everyone's saying, you know, if he wins three or four more games, Josh Hurd has to give him a third year. Or if he, you know, Josh Hurd's already made up his mind. You're somebody, you, you talked directly with Josh Hurd uh, in December. You had the, the, the sit down where he revealed that he was going to keep Kenny Payne around at least through the beginning of 2024. Do you have any sort of sense as to what his bar is, what he's thinking? He, he's not talking about this publicly. I mean, I mean, could it be as simple as he's sitting here and he's like, if they go four and three down the stretch, they're going to win? Or is it more nuanced than that? Yeah, I think it's way more nuanced than that, and I think everything plays into it. Let's not forget, Hurd doesn't just have to worry about, you know, what's happening on the court. He's got to look around the KFC Young Center. I mean, you know, it's, and, and, you know, you're talking about the prospect of going into an offseason where you're trying to sell season tickets, and can you do it, you know, coming off this with the same group of coaches coming back? Uh, to me, you know, and the other part that, you know, you have to consider with some of these wins, they're not playing as good a teams. They're playing decent teams compared to who they played at the very beginning of the season, but they're not playing as good an ACC competition uh, as they were. So they're going to look a little better. They're not going to be exposed in some ways that, you know, North Carolina will expose you or that Duke will expose you. But when they play Duke again, even though it's in Cameron, we're going to learn a little something. When they play Virginia Tech again, uh, who they opened ACC play with, we'll see a little bit more. So but you just can't treat it like a horse race. It's not, you know, every game doesn't move him closer to some goal line of returning or move him further away from the goal line of returning. Uh, that That is not, I don't think, how Josh Hurd is looking at it. No game in itself is going to get him fired. No game is going to save his job. I think that, you know, at the end, they just take all this and put it back together. Uh, you know, they Kenny Payne is 11-20 and 20 in the KFC Yum Center. That, that, that's, you know, that's what he's done in two years. You just look at the whole thing and you think, how much better is this going to get? What is he doing to make it better? What steps are in place? What players are committed to coming in? Uh, all of that has to play into it. 
It'd be a lot easier if Josh had like a "is he going to get fired" meter that he updated after every game, where like you know it goes well, from yeah. like six point <laughs> seven to five point two. Completely given up, but they haven't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he turns it there. Oh, it's a, it's a five point one now. Now we have an exact idea of what he's doing. I, I think Louisville is a fan base that still is adjusting to life. I know it's been, I mean, six years now, going on on seven years, but. The fan base is still adjusting to life outside or after Tom Jurch and Rick Pitino, who were more than willing to have a press conference when you know a player tweeted anything. Like they they didn't need an excuse. And now Josh Hurd, who talks a lot less, do you make anything of people talk about his silence means that he's he's hoping that Kenny's rooting for Kenny. He wants the year three. I mean, do you make anything out of him just not wanting to give us constant updates? Because I, I I think it's just kind of the way he operates. Yeah, I, I do, and I think that's legitimate. I mean, he obviously he wants Kenny Payne to succeed. He hired him. Um, you know, he's a player here, and if Kenny can can get this team together, and to me, uh, you know, the ACC tournament is important. What can they win some games in the ACC tournament? Uh, it's just hard to then put it all on results if he's going to keep having players get hurt. And uh, I don't know how you, you know, I don't know how that how that gets resolved in his mind. But even Jurich, I mean, during Cragthorpe, he would not say anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went seven months where he wouldn't even speak to me because I wrote something about, you know, about the whole deal that he didn't like. So he he finally, he did talk at some point, I think, to like maybe Brian Bennett at ESPN or something, made some comment about how the fans want to go to the Orange Bowl every year, and that didn't help matters at all. <laughs> so uh, he had his own he had his own way of doing things, but... Uh, but I think fans were confident that whatever happened, that football was going to get back to winning because he wasn't going to tolerate anything but, you know, but winning, and that just wasn't going to happen. So uh, that that they don't have that long term relationship yet with Josh, and that makes it further unsettling. Because of that, it feels like this decision, and if it does wind up being a higher this higher, is of of paramount importance to Josh in terms of the way that he's perceived by the fan base, because fairly or unfairly, everyone views it as, well, he hired Kenny Payne. It was a layup. It's what a lot of people wanted, and he was the interim. And then he hired Jeff Brown, which is going a lot better, but it also was a layup. It's what everybody wanted, and Jeff wanted to come back. This, If this job does open, or the decision to keep Kenny Payne, like this is the first one where it's it's not real clear, and there's not a, a white whale out there. That There's not like Rick Pitino was floating around when George push Denny Crum out. There's not somebody out there that everyone's going to look at and say, can't miss, he's a Hall of Famer, we know he's going to win here. It seems like whatever happens in these next two, three, four years will kind of define the way that Josh Hurd is viewed by the fan base. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, you know, there was such a there was such a groundswell toward Kenny Payne. Not everybody. Uh, there were some people who had serious doubts because you know, he had not coached before, and that that was the big one. But Louisville as a program was in a spot where they'd lost 15 out of 18 games coming out of the season before. They'd lost a coach midseason. I mean, there were there were some names that people were throwing out there that Louisville just wasn't going to get. Um, if the job were to come open now, I don't think that's the case. I think they could they could get a lot of people interested in listening to what's going on. Uh, right now, uh, just because of a different landscape and NIL and the size of the, the size of the fan base and all of that, um, they, they've got some options if if they end up going that way. But I, yeah, so if there is a hire, is it big for Josh Hurd? It's everything for Josh Hurd. Uh, 
that that's just how these jobs go and you, you cannot it can't be messed up again i said before they hired kenny Payne, i said whoever this hire this little basketball hire uh there was a mayor's election going on at the same time i said this hire to me is more important to the city than who's who wins the mayor's election that sounds crazy to say but that's how important this program is to the city it's what it means to kind of the momentum and the feel of this city. It's important to downtown. We see what's going on with businesses. And so uh, Kenny Payne is a great person, and he may wind up being a great coach. He hasn't been to this point, and we've seen a lot of, you know, a lot of things hurt because of it. Um, we'll just see. I, I wish I could give you more insight than that. It's just a big – it's going to be a big decision for her because he's going to have, I believe, more options. And uh, and I don't think, you know, if you don't if you miss this one up, there's not another chance to do another one. We're talking with Eric Crawford of WDRB here on 1450 The Big X. Speaking of all that talk about you know season ticket sales and downtown being hurt, there, there's all this talk, and it, it's confusing, and I don't pretend to have the answers to these questions, so I'll, I'll throw it to you who's much smarter than I am. The, the financial situation at UofL. You know, you hear some people say they can't afford to to keep Kenny Payne because they're just they're losing so much money. You hear some people say they can't afford to fire Kenny Payne because they'll lose more money and they don't have the money to throw at coaches. You hear some people come in and say they've got you know boosters are going to step up. They can hire whoever they want. Don't worry about the buyout. Louisville has the funds. To to the best of your knowledge, what is Louisville men's basketball's financial situation right now when it comes to potentially bringing in a new head coach? Well, it's it's more about the university and the the uh, the donor base and people like that, and then just about the athletic and the basketball budget. We know basketball is is a little bit um, lower than they projected it to be. Basketball still does a big profit for Louisville, just because of the arena deal and just because of the season ticket base. Um, so it's it's not like they're they're losing money on basketball, but they're just not making anywhere close to what they could be making. And that, that is a problem. And, you know, if you're not going forward, you're going backward and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I do not believe that finances will stop, you know, any kind of decision that needs to be made with Kenny Payne. I don't think finances will be an obstacle to any coach that they want to hire. And that means any of them uh, out there. Now they're not going to, you know, be able to, to go out and pay fifty million dollar, you know, college football type buyout or something on somebody, but but they, you know, they, they can get uh, if if somebody of a big name is willing to come and wants a lot of money, they'll be able to pay it. But you know, the problem is there's not a ton. There's not a ton of those guys out there anymore. All the big names have said, you know, they've either aged out of it or they they didn't want to deal with the, you know, unlimited free agency and all that stuff, and they've you know, they've taken off. So. Uh, I just think that Louisville at this point, and I think Josh Hurd, if if the decision comes down to where it has to be made, I think they need to be uh, knocking on some doors that they probably couldn't have knocked on a couple of years ago in terms of some established coaches uh, to see if they want a shot at a you know a program that that is aching to get back to where it was and has does still have the resources to get back there. Doesn't it make sense to you? I, I keep hearing, and we heard this a little bit two years ago about who would want the Louisville job, right? Like, it's in ashes, all this stuff. It's been a national punchline for a couple of years. I always kind of say, like, I feel like the job is more attractive now than maybe it's ever been because you can come here and be a conquering hero if you go to the NCAA tournament in your first year. Like, they'll make you the grand marshal of the Derby Parade. You can call riders up. Standards have never been lower than they are right now. You don't have any of the NCAA stuff holding you back. 
the fan base is just desperate to win. I feel like this job would be more attractive to somebody who's maybe more of an established head coach than it would have been four or five years ago if you were having to back up Rick Pitino. You don't have to be the guy after the guy anymore. You're the guy after the guy after the guy who was was not very good. Like I, I feel like they've got a they should have a much larger pool of candidates than they would in quote unquote normal circumstances. Yeah, no, it's this. If when you think about it, uh, again, you talked about the resources they've got. You know, it's not, they've got all, all the bells and whistles that you need to have, an arena that's great, and all that stuff doesn't even matter as much anymore in the age of NIL. But they've got a good NIL operation, and they've got a you know, and uh, one that just needs to be activated by a little more excitement about the basketball program, and they just need somebody to come in and like the match. But I, I do believe it needs to be somebody that will get out there and be among the fans a lot, and, and really you know, kind of fire up uh, what is kind of latent in this fan base, but there are guys who can do it. Now, you know, I don't want to, I hate to throw out names cause I'm not, cause I don't think this, I'll throw this guy's name out cause I don't think he's going to be the next level coach. I don't even think he's going to be a candidate, but I saw him coach this past week. So I'll throw him out cause I saw him, uh, Mark Few at Gonzaga. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, why wouldn't you call Mark Few? He's, you know, Gonzaga's a small school. They don't have the NIL base. Maybe he wants to make one more run of the national championship. Who knows if he can do it there. Why not make that phone call? Uh, that's not a name that people would usually mention, and now it'll be all over Twitter. Hey, Cronin says Mark Few. That's <laughs> not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that kind, th- these kinds of guys who are big time guys and who have been almost there or even gotten teams there, you think about what can we do to pitch them, and that's that's basically what Tom Jurich did with Rick Pitino. He he put a lot of eggs in that basket, and he took some risks because if he hadn't gotten Pitino, he was going to go to Tom Crean or somebody. Uh, Jay Wright, he was going to try and try and make a phone call, but uh, it was going to it was going to be a big step down, and there's going to be a lot of disappointment. But uh, he swung big and and connected, and I think Louisville needs to swing big if there's going to be a coaching search uh, here, rather than just uh, you know not. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. Fire up the message boards, folks. Crawford says feuded to Louisville. Yeah, Done yeah. deal. Yeah. Done yeah. deal. That's what he said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know you tweeted that as soon as I said it. On the women's side of things, a bizarre game on Sunday. Louisville falls in the closing seconds to Syracuse in a top 25 matchup. I, I know we've seen Jeff Walls worked up several times over the years. This was a unique level of worked up. Very much a I don't give a bleep uh, if I get fined. Uh, I'm going to go after the refs because I just can't stay away from addressing this. I mean, that, that, that was a... Uh, Again, we've seen that side of Jeff Walls before, but this was a new level of, I think, pissed off after a game. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's stayed within himself after a lot of, uh, after a lot of games and some games he hasn't, but he was, he was really, really upset about this one because, uh, a, you know, he's, it's a different situation for Louisville basketball. They have a very good team. They're fighting for a top. 16 seed and they're right there on the you know on the edge of it you're ranked 15th in the country and you've got a team a ranked team on the road beaten if you just foul the timeout and keep them from scoring and and then that that call is made and i can go back to just the game before there were three fouls on the low right before the end of the game nobody making a play on the ball that it, it just was kind of kind of mind-boggling but it's what you get into um i, I don't know what's going to happen with him i I would expect the league would take some action, but he he just has had enough. You know, sometimes you feel like there's not not anything you have to lose at that point. If it's going to be that bad, 
you might as well say something and 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 get it you know get it fixed in any way you can it's tough cuz there are games if you go to a lot of women's games i mean they're they're officiating that that just makes they make mistakes on the actual rules of the game much less much less calls and then there are a lot of great officials i always feel the need to say that but uh but in this case in that call uh something snapped and and he's cuz he's put up with a lot this year and past years and i, I think he just he just had had enough it's a it's a year where you know things are close enough on the edge for women's basketball at Louisville that uh, just one thing like that can be there between playing at home and on the road in the NCAA tournament. And uh, that's tough. Yeah. I think the accepted take with this team, because you talk about there is a razor thin margin for error. It feels like the take is Walsh has done a good job with all the new working pieces. They're good. They're, they, you know, they've been in the national rankings the entire year. They're, they're playing for a double buy in the conference tournament. But they're not on that tier with, with like the top six, seven teams. The teams that are legitimate threats to win the national title. I mean, does it feel like this team is at least trending towards potentially being able to, you know, make a a, a seventh straight Sweet Sixteen, a sixth straight Elite Eight? Like, if, it feels like if things break their way, they can like they can get there. Yeah, the one thing this team is missing that Louisville's had forever in women's basketball is the best player on the court. Mm-hmm. Now they haven't always had that. You know, so a lot of games they're up against UConn or somebody with an All-American, and that and then you don't have. But but they had somebody in the conversation. This team is full of really good players. They don't have the best player on the court. Uh, usually, the best player on the court's on the other team. Now, the other team doesn't have as much collective talent as Louisville has. But it ne- it always it's it always helps to have the best player on the court. <laughs> we you know we've watched that for years with Asia Durer and and. Uh, you know Dana Evans and just going back Angel McCautry and Shoni Schimmel and uh, just on and on for that program. So it's a little bit of a different team. Um, having said that, yes, Jeff Walls can get them to the Elite Eight uh, if he wins in the second round. The second round's the key. Uh, he's not going to lose a Sweet Sixteen game very often. They're such good. They're so good in preparation. He's a good enough coach. Uh, it's just like Patino was. He didn't. He lost only once in the Sweet Sixteen. I think in the time he was here, it just doesn't. It just doesn't happen. So they're good enough to go where they usually go and even further, but you can't have breaks like what just happened. And I will say, you know, it's not all the things that mattered in women's basketball the most, the big attendance, the arena, the, you know, all of that. It's now just like the men's game. It's NIL first. Mm-hmm. And I do think Louisville's behind, you know, those. That, I would say if you, we don't know the numbers. I don't know the numbers. If I added up the top 10, and compared to NIL to Louisville, they might be three quarters of a million behind the payroll of those others, maybe more. Jeez. So you're not getting, you know, he, he's not getting the kind of freshman he did get, uh, although he's gotten some good ones for the next class. We did find out during the, this conversation, actually, the ACC announced that they have uh, publicly reprimanded Jeff Walls and, in addition, uh, announced an institutional fine towards U of L uh, of $20,000 that will. Uh, those funds will go go towards the Weaver James Corrigan Swafford postgraduate scholarship account. So uh, maybe you can send them towards paying better officials. But twenty thousand dollars to U of L public reprimand. I think uh, I think Wallace will pick that up. I don't think Josh Hurd will need to step in. And do that. <laughs> I think uh, I think, but uh, you know the one thing you worry about if you're if you're, I would worry about is all right. Every ref in the country's now read that. Are they going to all you know mess me over in games or whatever? But I. That's just you know. At, at some point, you you just got to say something because you feel like how much worse is it going to get? 
It's hard to tell at this point if it's intentional or just incompetence. You, you never really know the, the women's basketball officiating. is it, it, It's rough more times than not. Uh, never rough is Eric Crawford. You love his stuff. Read it over there at WDRB and watch him on WDRB TV. He's breaking Mark Few news here on the Mike Rutherford Show. We love him for it. <laughs> Eric, thanks so much for your I'm time. Not, I'm off Twitter the rest of the day. All right, man. We appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Thanks. There it is. Eric Crawford. Uh, follow him on social media. You know where to, where to go. It's Eric Crawford, for God's sake. Read his stuff. Um, he's letting us know. Mark Few to Louisville. It's a done deal. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk about this latest ESPN news, uh, college ball playoff, and NCAA news as well. It's coming your way next here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. Riding on the city of New Orleans, Illinois Central, Monday morning rail. 15 cars and 15 restless riders. Matt Dennison here inviting you to join me weekdays at 11 a.m. for the Hoosier Report. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers, interviews with prominent figures in Kentuckiana sports, and discussion of other sports topics important to Southern Indiana. That's the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Weekdays at 11 a.m. on the home for the Hoosiers, 1450 WXVW. Until about 10 years ago, for any electrical work I needed at my house, I was always calling a different electrician, sometimes for the same job. Things weren't done right and they weren't done on time, but for the last 10 years, Allen Electrical has been the only one I call. The work is unparalleled, it's prompt, the team's the epitome of professionalism. (laughs) You know, when I see an Allen Electrical truck in a neighbor's driveway, I kind of smile because I know they're getting the best. Allen Electrical, your electrician for life. Visit allenelectrical.com. They'll never leave you in the dark. Hey, Cards fans. UofL's nationally ranked and globally recognized 20-month professional MBA combines the experience of a top-rated program with the convenience of evening classes. Learn from world-class faculty as well as regional and national business leaders. Connect with industry experts, expand your professional network, hone your skills, and advance your career without interrupting it. Get started today and earn your MBA. Visit business.louisville.edu backslash MBA. Roosters, a fun, casual joint. Join us at Roosters every Monday, all day, for the boneless wing special. Only 79 cents each. Roosters has salads, wings, sandwiches, pizzas, and all of your favorite adult beverages. Roosters has a great family atmosphere. Fun for the whole family. Roosters has TVs everywhere, so you can watch your favorite team. Roosters on Dixie Highway, Preston Highway, Fern Creek, Shelbyville Road, and Springhurst. Are you and your family in the market for a new fence? then look no further than EAC Fence. Proudly serving over 29 counties in Kentucky and Southern Indiana, we guarantee each customer will receive high quality workmanship and competitive pricing. Whether you want privacy, protection, call EAC Fence at 812-984-3014 or visit eacfence.com. The plumbers, pipe fitters, welders, and HVAC technicians of Local 502's commitment to excellence can be seen in our community every day. The KFC Yum Center, Ford Motor Company, and the Omni Hotel are just a few examples of their professional craftsmanship. Local 502 has been part of our community for over a century and invests over $1 million annually training skilled local workers. Members of Local 502 are your friends, neighbors, and children's coaches. 
For more information, go to LU502.com. Local 502. Built on excellence. Building a better tomorrow. Kratz Sporting Goods is Southern Indiana's team sports specialist and is your local Adidas team product dealer. Kratz specializes in outfitting your team, organization, club, or business in apparel, hard goods, and accessories from Adidas and many others. Kratz offers fundraising opportunities for your team, organization, or club through online web stores. Let our friendly staff get you started today by calling 812-282-5400 or visit and shop at our website at kratzsports.com. Hi, this is Nathan, General Manager at your local AirServe. We know it's cold, but we are here for our customers in any weather. We are working around the clock to ensure that you'll be comfortable in your home. If your heat is off, call us now. Or if it's working, call AirServe for a free peace of mind safety inspection and tune-up for only $69. We are here for our customers during this weather. Stay warm, stay comfortable, stay AirServe. Down yonder in New Orleans In the land of dreamy scenes There's a garden of Eden Oh, that's what I mean Creole babies with flashing eyes Welcome back in, Mike Rutherford Show Tuesday edition here on 1450 and 961, The Big X Big thanks to Eric Crawford for spending some time uh, with us there Breaking down the U of L hoop situation, both on the men's and the women's side. Uh, as Gary mentioned at the top of the show, Gary's here, by the way. We love Gary. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. The prhub.agency website. And I never know how any of these are calculated. I don't know how, how realistic or how accurate any of this stuff is. But they have determined the best Valentine's candy or the, the favorite Valentine's candy in every state. Gary, do you have a favorite Valentine's candy? Yes, I do. What's that? Chocolate-covered cherries. Okay. I like that. The most popular Valentine's candy in, in America, according to the study. It can't be those little hearts with the sayings on it that we used to give one another in grade school. It's not, but it's on the list. Oh, really? Was chocolate-covered cherries on the list? No. Ah! No. M&M's ah. is number one. M&M's is number one. It's not number one in Kentucky, though. And I, What's number one here in the bluegrass state? I don't think this is a real thing. That is, <laughs> I don't think the, the favorite candy of the state of Kentucky for Valentine's Day is actually something that exists. Okay. Are you familiar with chocolate roses? Yes, I am. I, I've never seen these. It's, it's an actual rose that's dipped in chocolate. And they also have roses. Now, you probably are familiar with this. Roses that are dipped in 14 carat salad gold. I'm not familiar with that at all. Yeah. No. That's, uh, I mean, I, I know like boxes of chocolate, but chocolate, roses, no. But apparently, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Massachusetts, <laughs> we prefer chocolate roses to everything else. But... Conversation Hearts, if you're looking for the you know the worst states in America that still have that as their favorite. Alabama, Alaska, and Louisiana. I don't buy the Louisiana's eating up Conversation Hearts. What, what's California? California, Hershey Kisses. Oh, yeah. Timeless classic. What about Indiana? Um, Poop. 
No, I'm just joking. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Hershey Kisses as well. Okay. Chocolate Hearts are their second favorite. Chocolate Roses are their third favorite. Cinnamon Bears are underrated here. Cinnamon Bears are good. I enjoy good cinnamon candy on Valentine's Day. But there you go. My dad, I don't know if he's listening. I don't know if either of my parents are listening, but my dad, the romantic, every single year on Valentine's Day, he has gotten my mom a big heart-shaped box of chocolate. Like Not, not one of those like that you buy at the store or whatever, like fancy, like it, it, a lot of lace, a lot of like well-designed, gets a different one for every year. And she always used to decorate our, our living room with all the hearts that she'd gotten over the years. It was That's a, nice. Yeah, very, and he would get Katie one, my, my little sister one. One year he tried to give me a tuxedo box. I was like, ah, you don't, you don't have to do that. It's, it, it's fine. You can just get, just get it for the girls. It's all good. I don't need anything. I'm good with it. Um, I've also told this story before. But my mom basically ruined holidays for, for, for my sister and I because she created a character on Valentine's Day. Like my mom couldn't just like not give us gifts on a holiday or like celebrate or, or create some sort of like lore. So she created this persona of we got visited by the Valentine's man on Valentine's Day, which sounds horrifying when you say it out loud as a as a 30 something now. But when I you know when I got a little bit older and I wanted to know more about, you know, we know about the Easter Bunny. We know about Santa. What's, what's the backstory with the Valentine's man? She was very short on details. Not a lot of details. She would just say, I'd be like, well, what does he look like? Where does he come from? She's like, he's, he kind of is like, he's, he's kind of like the mailman. He's kind of like the postman. He just kind of shows up and just, just you know, the, the presents are gone. That's like an episode of Family Guy where they told the son that there, he would be visited by Arthur Valentine on Valentine's Day. It's exactly the same thing. I finally got older and I was like, asking other kids about the valentine's man they're like what the hell is the valentine's man and, <laughs> and that's when i knew that this wasn't a real thing but to her credit she like, like i never knew how she did this until i got older but like the the valentine's man would come in the morning mm-hmm. and our doorbell would ring and i'd like sprint to the front door and like there'd be nothing there besides the presents they'd be like the, you have like a little bag of candy and like a little present uh, on, on the doorstep and i was always like how, like there were years where i would just sit in front of the front door i'm like i gotta catch this valentine's man and the doorbell would ring, and I'm like, how, how did he do this? There's nobody there. And I didn't realize there was a second doorbell in our house that was out in the garage until I got, like, like never knew it existed. Never knew it Never knew it was, like, there. It was, like, kind of hidden a little bit. Mom was like, yeah, we have a second doorbell. It's in the back. It's in the garage. So I learned that when I was, like, 15. I was like, oh, I probably should have figured this out at some point. But the Valentine's man came to our house. He gave us presents. He looked kind of like the mailman, and that's all we knew, and that's all I cared about. We got presents. It was fine. <laughs> that's how we celebrate the valentine's man hope the valentine's man visits everybody in the morning and you have a fantastic valentine's day where, where does he go the rest of the year did you ever ask her that um somewhere in eastern kentucky okay. i think is what they is what the explanation was where true love exists yeah where true love needs to flourish but that was <laughs> yeah, that's what we dealt with uh, but my parent my mom did drop off a bunch of valentine's day presents at our house over the weekend because we were all sick and weren't able to get out there so the valentine's man he's keeping it strong he's still existing in 2024 um she was like are you gonna pass that along to your kids i was like no <laughs> virginia's already questioning everything she's four she's gonna she would find out very quickly that the valentine's man is totally bunk and then it would start leading to her questioning other things that i don't i don't want to get into so yeah, I, we're not we're not doing it. We're, we're, the, the the gifts will come from mommy and daddy for a while. That's fine. Um, the the first of all, the ESPN announced a ridiculously lucrative deal today. It involves the college football playoff. ESPN now has reached a six year, seven point eight. 
billion dollar media rights extension for the expanded college football playoff, which will, of course, begin this year. $7.8 billion over six years. Not great at math, but that's over a billion dollars per year. The network's going to host all the games of the 12-team playoff through the 2031-32 season. The full contract is still yet to be completed, but it's only contingent on CFP leaders finalizing the details of the expanded format in the wake of the implosion of the Pac-12. We're still not sure what they're going to do. You you had the initial schedule laid out, the way it was going to work. You had the automatic bids for the four power, uh, the the Power Five conferences, and then the one for the group of six. And now there is no Power Five. You've you've got a Power Four, so you got to figure out what you're going to do there. Once that happens, this deal will be fine, and, and they will move forward with this insanely lucrative deal. Which also means that the college football playoff games will end up on ABC too. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the family of networks will host. I mean, I, I thought I thought they were having financial problems. Of course, Every, everyone's having financial problems until they need to actually spend money. Money doesn't exist; it's not here, a real thing. Here come the layoffs. It's yeah, but they, they just yeah they laid off a ton of people. But by God, we're going to have all these games. It's going to happen. Uh, speaking of of money problems not existing and still people wanting to do things to make more money. College leaders are now telling Yahoo Sports this via Ross Dellinger that they've begun to explore. Serious change to the NCAA tournament and the college football playoff. We've This has become kind of an annual conversation where people threaten to do something that's going to expand the NCAA tournament. Um, the, you know, it's the power conferences that want this to happen. You've got, you know, the, the, the Big 12 is worried about being left behind now with all this expansion. And a, a source told Dellinger, we're the number one basketball conference in America. They're right. They are right now. We're showing up as a conference in places that we haven't been before, and we're partnering with third parties that no one has ever considered. We are facing challenges, but that's not new to me. There's a lot of possibility and opportunity. They're trying a joint venture now with the Big Ten and the SEC that was announced on February 2nd, which created uh, a ripple felt in every pond of athletics from Division Three and up. But now... They're looking towards the NCAA tournament. They want more teams in. They want more power teams in. It's it's all about money. All of this is. I get it. But my goodness, this is something. Yeah, I, I think if you have the situation on the other side, which is where this is headed, where in college football, the big conferences will break off and, and and college football at the major level is going to be limited to the halves. And a lot of fans from the power conferences are going to be fine with that. They're going to say, you know, this is the way it is anyway. Let's just, you know, why are we playing these silly games? Every single year from now on, there's going to be like the, the 5-12 game in the playoff is going to be one of the best teams in America versus, you know, Liberty would have been the, the team this year, James Madison or, or Jacksonville State, and people will say it's going to be a bloodbath. Why, why are we even doing this? Let's just you know, get these teams out of it. Who cares? In college basketball, I think it's different. I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I would venture to say that a, a vast, vast majority of the fans from even power conference teams don't want this to happen don't want there to be any sort of change to the NCAA tournament. I mean, we were the first team left out of the NCAA tournament. We as in Louisville in 2021. 
If we get in, maybe it saves Chris Mack's job. If we get in, maybe we do what UCLA did and go from the first four to the final four and change the the direction of the program. We don't have to fire Luke Murray. We don't have to fire Dino Gaudio. The program's still rolling right now. So it was a big deal for us to be left out of the NCAA tournament. Even then, I think while we were pissed and while we were upset, most Louisville fans would would, would have said at the time and would still say now, the solution for that is for Louisville to win more games. It's not to up the field to 92 teams, 78 teams, 86 teams, 150 teams, whatever they're, they're looking at. While it sucks to be the last team left out, and while you can argue your resume versus the resume of the other few teams that were, were able to, to limp into the field, any team that gets left out of the NCAA tournament right now, they don't have a full foolproof argument. They don't have a f- two full legs to stand on. Because at the end of the day, the, the team that's number 69, giggity, had plenty of opportunity to play their way into the NCAA tournament just by pure wins and losses. So most fans, are they recognize this. They love the tournament as is. They don't want it expanding into something that, that changes things, that makes it a little bit too much. But coaches want the expansion because you can say, hey, I made the NCAA tournament in this year, that year. It can save jobs. It can create contract extensions. It can trigger bonuses, all that good stuff. I understand why coaches want it. You're selfish to a point. You kind of have to be. But these big leagues wanting NCAA tournament expansion, it's nothing just but, but greed. The NCAA tournament is perfect. I take it back. It'd be perfect if it was still 64 teams. But it's close to perfect. It's also, without question, the least debated and most overall popular postseason in American sports. I mean, people love the NFL playoffs. Obviously, they draw bigger eyes, but people still will, will nitpick the format. Only one team gets a bye now. Seven teams don't need to be in on both. Con- well, whatever it is. Everyone loves the way the NCAA tournament's laid out right now. And the other thing about not having access. Somebody was trying to argue in my mentions earlier today, and it was the worst argument I've ever seen. They were basically saying it was a football argument, saying if you have a bad November or December, it tanks the entire season. Fans of teams check out November and December when they lose too many games, and their season's already over. Players quit. You've got no chance. Teams improve over the course of a year. We need to respect that. College basketball does that better than any sport in, in, in the entire world. Because guess what? Every single team, regardless of how good or how bad you've been throughout the course of a four-month regular season, has the opportunity to play until they lose. You've got conference tournaments. And the winner of every conference tournament gets an automatic bid into the big tournament. You can fix four months of bad basketball in one week. You can also wreck four months of great basketball in one week. It's the beauty and, and the despair of the sport. It's the way it's laid out. But if Louisville, let's say Louisville had had their injury issues in November and December, and they're a young team and they took their lumps, not the way that we actually took our lumps, but we, we, you know, we lost the games at DePaul. We lost a couple game, other games. But we're, we're sitting here now at 16-8. and eight, And we've played better. 
Guys have gotten healthy. We're hitting our stride. We're playing great basketball. But we're not a lock to make the NCAA tournament. You would be thankful that you've got the conference tournament. We can still win. If we qualify as like the, the, the four seed in the ACC, but we're still somehow not in, guess what? Three games, three days, boom, you're in the NCAA tournament. Everybody has that opportunity. We already have an expanded tournament. If you just look at all of the conference tournaments, and I know some don't allow everybody in. The Big Ten starting next year with the expanded uh, league is only going to allow 15 of its 18 teams into the NCAA tur- into the Big Ten tournament. I don't know what the ACC is going to do. I don't know if they've announced that yet. But most conferences allow everybody in. So you've already got an expanded tournament. You have a tournament featuring, what, like 310 teams. If you say 50 or so are, are excluded from their conference tournaments, it's already like a 310, 320 team tournament. We don't need the expansion. It's just about TV rights and conferences at the major level protecting their own interests. And if this does wind up being a thing that squeezes out the low major and mid major conferences, you're taking away the the biggest appeal of the entire event. What's March Madness if it's just power conference teams going at it with one another? And yeah, the, the potential for upsets still exists, but if you've got 72nd seeded Nebraska upsetting 12th seeded UConn, it doesn't exactly hit the same way that Fairleigh Dickinson upsetting Purdue does. Or St. Peter's with the lowest budget in all of college basketball, making a run to the Elite Eight, getting one game away from the Final Four. If you take away the possibility for that stuff, you're taking away the essence of what makes college basketball so great and why so much of the American sports public is drawn to the event for one month every single year. It's not just about the brackets. The, the storylines are incredible. When Fairleigh Dickinson beating Purdue last year, it was written a million times. It still was incredibly true it was a it was as close to a literal david versus goliath situation as you can get nobody died but thank but you had the tallest player in basketball in zach Eady versus the quite literally smallest team in basketball in fairly dickinson they had to play their way in through the first four biggest underdog and 116 upset history only two games to go off of but all of that stuff was incredible and tobin heath makes his entire reputation he goes from a completely unknown personality to going on talk shows and every sports show in America and parlaying that run into a a gig at Iona, like all that stuff. It happens every March. Guys make their careers in those two, three weeks. And if you take away that possibility, then it's just, it's not nearly as fun. I'll still watch because I'm a Louisville fan. I'll still get involved. I'll still love it, but it will be an entirely different thing than the one that I fell in love with. And that I'm still in love with. I I love the tournament. I love March. I love everything about it. And if you take it away because of some just a handful of greedy people doing the opposite of what the vast, vast, vast majority of the American sports public wants them to do, then what are we doing here? It's just the more they talk about it and the more that you see some writers who like to carry water for the NCAA or carry water for the conferences starting to do the thing where they're like, it's more basketball. We, How could you hate it? Like, we, like The more you realize that it's probably going to happen, and the, the sadder that gets. The fact that they're not just letting it go, and they tried to do this 10 years ago, and I've said this a ton, if you don't like the, the Final Four being on TBS or TNT or one of the Turner networks on off years, or you don't like having to watch the first four games on True TV, 
That deal is what saved the NCAA tournament from going to 90-some-odd teams because that was the only thing that, that they were willing to listen to. They wanted to expand the tournament. They wanted more games, more teams in, more money, more money, more money. Didn't ESPN originally um, bid on that and then Turner and CBS got together and outbid them? Yes, okay. and, and the deal was you you know the games, the, the Final Four games on TBS are never going to be as highly rated as the games on CBS. But they're still the most watched programs on TBS for that year. So you get to thump your chest. It, it makes TBS's numbers go higher. It makes Turner's overall numbers go higher. And that was the deal. And that's what saved the tournament from going to to, to, to expanding. And now it's been 10 years. And, and they're like, hey, cool. We got what we wanted there. Now more money. That, that option's always going to be out there. There's always going to be more games. There's always going to be more money until people say they're not going to watch anymore, which just isn't going to happen. Because, I mean, look. I can get mad about this all I want. If you expand the tournament and you've got an extra round or two, I'm still going to watch. Like I'm a sucker for it. My mom calls me every year in March and goes, "What number is True TV?" Exactly. It's so. Here, I mean, that's when I was doing the the college basketball gig full time. One of our like most trafficked stories in March was what channel is True TV? You, you you get the SEO. You get people searching that. You want to be high on that list. You have that quick little story written, and now every major network that has a an online presence is going to write that story because people search for it every single year. Uh, it's True TV's couple nights to shine that Tuesday and Wednesday before the full draw starts of the NCAA tournament. Uh, it's it, it's a, it's a cash cow. I, mean, I do I do like the fact though that well you have to have cable TV or satellite or a lot of people nowadays internet, but I do like the fact that you can watch every game it in its entirety. Yeah. Whereas when you know only CBS had it, if they were running a game and UK was running all over some team, they they would they would cut away from it. Yeah, I, mean, I felt like they they got better as I got a little bit older. Where they would, if it was a Louisville game or a Kentucky game or an Indiana game in this market, they were going to stick with it for the full broadcast. And we're one of the highest rated basketball markets in the country, the highest rated, and it's not close. Like every single yeah. year, we are, we are a dominant presence when it comes to watching college basketball. But you, you didn't know the struggle of, like, you know, 12-year-old Mike who was just desperate for you to cut away from Cincinnati versus Belmont to go watch a better game because, you know, the Bearcats are up by 30 points. And you would get frustrated. You're like, cut away, cut away, cut away, give us something. And there was no other – there was nowhere else to go. And then initially, I want to say in, like, the early 2000s, maybe the, the real late 90s, they started doing a, a package with DirecTV where you could purchase for, like, 99 bucks the ability to have all the games. And we did it every year. We're like, hell yeah, e- easiest fifty hundred bucks we're gonna spend a- at all. And yeah, now you can just you, you don't know how easy you got it. You can watch, you can flip around to four games at all at the exact same time. Pick the best one, go back and forth. They stagger the times appropriately. It's all great. Like it, it is a perfect sporting event, damn near perfect. I, I would take the, the the first four games out, but I'm not gonna fight it. It's a it's a minor detail, and they're gonna screw this up, and it's going to be incredibly depressing. And, and I think when they when they see how successful the playoff is and on the football side, they're going to eventually screw it up <laughs> because greed is always going to win out. It's already winning out. They've already altered the landscape of college basketball or college sports so much that it's going to be unrecognizable starting next year. I mean, we're all going to have to remember which teams are in which conferences for the next like five years. I mean, I've already forgotten who's going. I, I see SMU pop up in our schedule next year. I'm like, that's a weird non-conference. Oh, they're in our league. It, it, we're going to keep doing this for a long time. And it, uh, it it just sucks. I, I hate it, but it is what it is. It, it does feel inevitable at this point 
which show me the money. Show me the money. I, I hate saying it. Nobody wants it. Nobody wants this. I, I just, I, you would think at some point in time that the will of the people would win out, especially when it's not like they're not already getting rich off this. The NCAA tournament is a billion dollar event for the NCAA. It's, it's really their only thing. The NCAA does two things. They shield conferences and universities from having to deal with legal issues. And they host a basketball tournament. They host two. The, the, the women's tournament makes a little bit of money for them. The men's tournament makes a billion dollars for them. The, 87% of their, of their revenue, I believe, comes from the men's basketball tournament. They're, they're making bank off this already. They don't need more money. They don't. They've got everybody talking about this, the conferences, the presidents, the commissioners, the NCA, they've got plenty of money. They don't need it. Just leave it alone. Let us have our damn tournament. Get over it. It does feel like I saw somebody on the the story that was posted by Dellinger earlier today, just had the very end of Planet of the Apes and had March Madness over the Statue of Liberty and just said, you maniacs, you blew it up, which I thought was perfect because that's the way that it feels. Like, Damn you! <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I fall into a coma and I wake up like seven years later, and it's I'm watching the first round of the 172 team tournament. I'm like, they finally did it! Damn you, you maniacs! <laughs> it's gonna be me. Oh, I just yeah, I, I I just don't get it. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. Leave leave it alone. Uh, we got plenty to get to coming up in the, in, in the, the final hour of the show. We will talk more about the, uh, the the Boston College game tonight. It was a rough night. We have Big X, Big Bets. We have to bounce back after last night because Big X, Big Bets have been struggling a little bit. And I say struggling, it was not entirely my fault because if you watched Wake Forest versus Duke, you had the cover. You had it. Wake Forest was within striking distance the entire game. They clearly were. I think the spread was seven and a half. They had it. It was six points. Finally, the game's over. All Duke has to do is run out the clock. And what does Duke do? They go down and they dunk to make it an eight-point game. But fear not. Wake Forest doesn't stop playing. They go down. Uh, they, a 79% free throw shooter gets fouled. Front end of a one-on-one. Bricks it. The Duke player doesn't realize that it's the front end of a one-on-one. The Wake Forest player does. He goes to steal the ball from the Duke guy who's just standing and accidentally knocks himself out of bounds. So it was the worst possible sequence of events to not cover that spread. Seven-and-a-half-point spread. Duke winds up winning by eight. That was a bad beat. Um, the Kansas one, I said I thought, I thought Texas Tech would win, but Kansas would cover the three and a half. Did not come close to covering the, the three and a half. Kansas got absolutely uh, reamed last night. 79-50 to 50 in Lubbock. They didn't have Kevin McCuller. I still thought it would be a, a tight game. The only bets I made last night, I got greedy. I, I did the thing where I was like, I don't feel great about any of these individual covers. I'm going to look at if Duke's going to win. TCU is going to beat West Virginia. I'm going to take those two teams' money line, and then whatever. Grambling's like a nine-point favorite. I'm going to throw them in. I'm going to bet big to win a little bit of money. So three money line parlay, bet big. First two, no problem. Grambling gets beat by Alabama A&M. It's my fault. And then I couldn't stay away. I stayed away from the Kansas plus three and a half at the start of the game. They're down by nine at halftime. The second half line is Kansas minus one and a half. I'm like, for, for, of course they're going to make a run. They may not win this game. But they're going to make a run, so they'll 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 win the second half by more than a point, and they lost the second half by twenty. So that was rough. But Texas Tech, Kansas. I mean, Kansas is seven and five in the Big Twelve and number six in the country. It's Purdue, it's UConn, and it's everybody else. 
We get the 5 o'clock hour coming up next. We'll talk more about Louisville versus Boston College. We'll get to the Thornton's text line as well at 502-414-1450. It's the Rutherford Show. Hour number three is next. Down in New Orleans where the blues were born It takes a cool cat to blow a horn On the south and Rampart Street The combos play with the mambo beat The mighty ground mambo, mambo, mambo Mighty ground mambo, mambo, mambo Mighty ground mambo Radio, 1450 and 96.1 FM, WXVW, Jeffersonville, W230CK, Jeffersonville. Hey there, New Albany. This is Mayor Jeff Gahan. It's another year here in our River City, and what better time to show your support for our high school's athletic programs. Whether it's basketball or football, track and field or soccer, swimming or tennis, our Bulldogs are giving it their all on the field and court. So let's rally behind them, New Albany. Come out to the games, cheer them on, and let's make some noise. Let's show everyone what it means to be a part of the best city in Southern Indiana. Go Bulldogs! Until about 10 years ago, for any electrical work I needed at my house, I was always calling a different electrician, sometimes for the same job. Things weren't done right and they weren't done on time, but for the last 10 years, Allen Electrical has been the only one I call. The work is unparalleled, it's prompts, the team's the epitome of professionalism. (laughs) You know, when I see an Allen Electrical truck in a neighbor's driveway, I kind of smile because I know they're getting the best. Allen Electrical, your electrician for life. Visit allenelectrical.com. They'll never leave you in the dark. The world's biggest bourbon and music festival, Bourbon and Beyond 2024. A perfect blend of bourbon, culinary, and music with Zach Bryan. Dave Matthews Band, Tyler Childers, Neil Young, Beck, and Louisville's own My Morning Jacket, Matchbox 20, Cody Jinks, Merritt Morris, and more. September 19th through 22nd in Louisville, Kentucky. On sale now at bourbonandbeyond.com. The plumbers, pipe fitters, welders, and HVAC technicians of Local 502's commitment to excellence can be seen in our community every day. The KFC Yum Center, Ford Motor Company, and the Omni Hotel are just a few examples of their professional craftsmanship. Local 502 has been part of our community for over a century and invests over $1 million annually training skilled local workers. Members of Local 502 are your friends, neighbors, and children's coaches. For more information, go to LU502.com. Local 502, built on excellence, building a better tomorrow. Hey, Cards fans, compete at a higher level with an MBA from the University of Louisville. This innovative 13-month program accelerates your career growth with convenient in-person evening classes and networking with your classmates that are like-minded professionals. Competitive 11-month paid internship opportunities provide you with industry experience like no other. It's like getting paid to earn your MBA. Get started today and earn your MBA in just 13 months. For more information, visit business.louisville.edu backslash MBA. There is not a better feeling to have a smile on your face after getting your car serviced. That's how it works at Consolidated Tire and Auto Care. Serving Kentuckiana for over three decades, fixing brakes, putting tires on, and servicing your car. And now, from a new and improved location at 3305 Preston Highway. Want to get your car running right and keep it that way? Get to Consolidated Tire and Auto Care, 3305 Preston Highway. Got a question? You can call them at 456-2220. Consolidated Tire and Auto Care, total car care, and the best brake job in town. It's time for an American revival. 
Join General Michael Flynn and patriots from around the country on President's Day for the American Revival Rally in Kentucky. Tickets on sale now at rwfforum.org. Don't let President Trump do this alone. Stand up for America, February 19th at 6 p.m. at the Paraguay Springs Conference Center. Visit rwfforum.org, that's rwfforum.org, for tickets and more information. Presented in part by Kentucky's Voice and Kentucky Republican Women for Freedom. When design is key to your landscape project, give Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design a call at 812-288-6691. Walnut Ridge has more experience than any landscape company in the area. Remember, Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design. When design is key to your project and you want the most experienced landscaping company in the area, give Walnut Ridge a call at 812-288-6691. Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design. When design is key. I can't do it. I can't hit the high note. Five o'clock hour here the Mike Rutherford Show. That's the longest I've ever listened to a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> I'm so old. It's okay. It's all right. We got Gary in the house today. We're excited. It's Valentine's Day Eve. It's game day for Louisville men's basketball, taking on Boston College tonight. Late night in Chestnut Hill, 9 o'clock tip-off on the ACC Network. You can hear it on our sister station, 970 WGTK. It's also Fat Tuesday. Happy Fat Tuesday. If you didn't know that, congrats. You're welcome. I just gave you a free pass to eat whatever you want for the next, like, seven hours. That's why we've been playing New Orleans songs all day. Damn right. Stuff your face. But this hour, we're shifting gears to Valentine's Day. Gary, you strike me as a New Orleans guy. I can see you. I've never been Really? There. Nope. Really? My wife uh, took a school trip one time to New Orleans. They went down and back in one day. That's insane. When she was teaching school. She goes, you want to go along? I'm like. No. Back back in one day? Yeah, they went down and came back in the same day. You know, they left like 4 o'clock in the morning. Still, it's like an 11-hour, 12-hour drive. I've made the drive. I know. It was. It's not a lot of time to do stuff. That's, that's rough. That's not fun. That's terrible. Well, I had a, a similar experience when, when um, we went to Europe one time on a school trip, and the guy says, now we're going to take a, a short school, or we're going to take a short bus trip from, um, where were we leaving from? Oh, yeah, we were leaving from Paris, France, and going to uh, Lucerne, Switzerland. And the guy said, yeah, it's just a, a, a short, little, uh, short little ride. And of course, it was an all-day ride. And then my wife got mad at me when, when I said to the guy, I said, you all tell time differently over here. He goes, what do you mean? I said, that is the longest short ride I've ever taken in my life. Uh, I, I feel like we kind of have the, the opposite experience in when we went to, uh, we didn't do like all of Europe, but we did, we went to Italy. We went to, um, uh, to Ireland after that, but we were talking about, you know, Ireland is, it's, it's like the size of Indiana is the closest i think state i didn't i didn't realize that it. that was about the same size yeah i, I didn't until we, we, we were going there and we were looking that stuff up but we went from we basically went from like the southern part of the country all the way up to northern ireland 
in one day, and it was like a five, six-hour drive. People, like, when we told them what we were doing, they act like we were crazy. Like, like how, why would you possibly do You're driving the entire length of the country. This is ridiculous. And we were in Italy one time. We were making conversation with a couple from uh, this, this couple from England who their daughter had done a semester abroad at Loyola of Chicago, and we were talking about, like, you know, she's like, is that kind of close to you? And we're like, yeah, it's, it's pretty close to us. Like, we have, you know, we, we have been to Chicago a bunch of times, make the drive. It's only like five hours. And they're like, oh, only five hours. Like, you know, it's like, they're like, that's insane that you referred to a five-hour drive as being close to where you are. So it's, it's you know. Well, you know, over there in Europe and England and Ireland, they, they take the trains a lot. The speech, the, the, the the light rails are fantastic. Yeah, the speed really train are, is incredible. Yeah. I mean, we—that's what we used to go all over Italy, and it was like, you're like, oh, this is. Why don't we have more of this? It, it's so, it's so perfect. It's so convenient. It's so easy. Uh, except our very first train got canceled, and it was the first time we had to like really speak Italian to, to get our way out of a problem, and that was rough. <laughs> that was not a. I was like, I don't know what to do now. I've got no idea. Do you speak Italian? No. Okay. No. Il conto per favore is how you say uh, check, please. I know that. Because <laughs> they don't bring you your check unless you ask. They, 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 you'll sit there all night unless you ask for your check in Italy. Parlez-vous anglais? Parlez-vous ang- anglais? Where's yeah. your bathroom? Do you know you speak English? I don't think this is the this isn't the right pizza. And then there's um, uh, what is it? Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? That's a New Orleans song. Yeah, Lady got, Marmalade. They've got that going. I'm sure they they haven't heard that before. I'm oh sure no. they love it. My wife taught me that a long time ago. Uh, we've got to, it is Valentine's Day. Eve. Gary, are you ready before we talk about Louisville Boston College? Are you ready for a few "Am I the a hole?" stories Valentine's Day edition on Reddit? You ready for this? Yes, sir. We'll, we'll we'll listen to these stories. We will determine whether or not these people are in fact the a hole in these situations. All right, here we go. This one starts off with this. To explain where I'm coming from here, I need to establish two things. One, I have a high-paying job that often you're, you're the AOR, stop right there. I have a high-paying job that often requires that I drop everything to travel without notice. It's infuriating at times, but I get paid well, so I've learned to live with it. Two, my girlfriend loves flowers more than anything. I get it. Most girls love flowers, but they are her favorite thing in the entire world. She literally makes me stop the car when we're driving just so she can take pictures of pretty flowers. Early in our relationship, I had to miss something important without notice. So to make up for it, I sent her three dozen roses. She loved it, told me I'd set the bar, uh, and I better always send her three dozen roses if I was going to let her down. We've been together for three years since then, and I've always sent three dozen roses whenever we would be apart. It's a tradition, and we both love it. On to the dilemma. Girlfriend got bad news about a family member's health and is headed back to her hometown a couple weeks ago. I couldn't join. Her two sisters come back as well with their husbands or came back as well with their husbands. Valentine's Day came around, and although it wasn't my fault that we weren't together, I ordered a gift of three dozen roses plus candy and a stuffed animal. The day of, I got an alert from FedEx of a delayed shipment, and I panicked. It broke my heart to think that she wouldn't get any flowers that day, so I called around to local florist and found one who could deliver them for a fee, and I sent her a gift pack of three dozen roses. It turns out that FedEx managed to deliver the original package to the girlfriend, ended up with six dozen roses, two cards, two boxes of chocolates, and a teddy bear. She joked that I had now raised the bar even more, and she expected no less than six dozen roses anytime we were apart. All jokes aside, I could tell she really appreciated the trouble that I went through. The next day, I heard from her sister's husbands. They were furious with me, saying that I had made them both look awful. It turns out that one bought his wife a leftover bouquet of half-dead tulips, and the other didn't get his wife anything at all. 
I guess they were both going to, to use the commotion as an excuse. My girlfriend ended up sharing her roses with both of her sisters so they could all feel special, but it was clear that they were all from me. My instinct was to take a victory lap, but a little victory lap, my girlfriend's mom and dad called and explained that they thought I should apologize. While they appreciate me always making romantic gestures, I can afford to do so while their other daughters' husbands can't. They see uh, where things are going and assume that we'll all be family soon and it would be a good idea for me to make peace with the other two. That's true in the sense that I really didn't mean to do anything to their detriment, but I also never expected them to be such bleepy partners that they thought it would be okay to not even bring their wives flowers on Valentine's Day. But maybe I'm wrong for holding them to the standard that I've set for my own relationship. Am I the a-hole? No. I don't think, in, in this situation, no. First of all, this person kind of sounds like they'd be an a-hole in real life. The, the other two sound like they are the a-holes. Yeah. I, I mean, this guy, very, bringing up how much money he makes like seven times and and, and all this stuff, and, you know, probably well, not that, somebody that I would like in real life, but in this particular case, not the a-hole. Yeah, well, I, that's something that you never discuss, right. even with relatives, how much money you make and how much you're worth and how much you got in the bank. No. Like the... The three dozen roses is maybe excessive already, but like if it's something that you and your girlfriend deal with, it's fine. Again, it's fine. And the six dozen roses, it's explained away pretty easily. Like that's the, I think you have to buy that. And if you are a husband, I mean, you know, come on. If you're in the position, these husbands have to know that if they're in the position where they would feel crappy because maybe their wives would see somebody getting six dozen roses or three, even three dozen roses and they would be left wanting like maybe you go ahead and just get the flowers right like if you think that that's going to be a thing that could wind up making you look bad maybe you just get the flowers ahead of time so i'm with the I'm with the guy yeah, not, not the a-hole again probably somebody i wouldn't like in real life but your wife sisters kind of have crappy husbands not your fault not your fault all right uh so we're both on the same page there case two you ready for it so I am a 29-year-old female. Okay. I'm the oldest of two siblings. I've got a brother who's 28 and a sister who I will call Emma who's 21 for the sake of the post. I'm extremely protective towards my siblings due to our childhood. We had workaholic parents that were never there. When me and my 30-year-old husband met seven years ago, I explained that I'm basically my sibling's mother and that when they need me, I will drop everything to go to them. Even before we got married, I made him promise to me that he accepted my loyalty with my siblings, and, and that they will always come first. Recently, my sister did something stupid, which caused her childhood sweetheart, whom she'd been with since she was 15, to ghost her. Since the 9th of February, she'd been staying at our home, and I've been helping her deal with her first heartbreak, which she's taking pretty badly. Of course, Valentine's Day being so close, it was going to be even harder for her. You can imagine my anger when my husband decorated our bedroom and got me an over-the-top gift basket with extremely expensive makeup and skincare. I don't know... Uh, I don't know, did he make a stupid mistake trying to mean well, or did he set out to prove a point that he's been a bit of a crab towards my sister? He hasn't shown any pity, nor does he support me treating her like an innocent baby. On Valentine's Day, he called me and said, get ready, he was taking me out to surprise me, and honestly, I was needing a breakout, and I was glad that we weren't fighting anymore. While I was getting ready, my sister entered the room and had a breakdown, which ended in a panic attack. She was still crying in my arms when my husband entered our room dressed in a full suit, I just mouthed sorry, and he threw down the roses screaming, bleep it, I can't take this bleep anymore. He came back home around 3 a.m. and slept on the floor of our bedroom, and since then he hasn't spoken to me. 
My brother has told me I was right in the right as family comes first, but my friends are on my husband's side. Am I the a-hole? It's a little bit tougher. That is tough. Um, my wife is like that with her family, but I understand that. I mean, if she, um, well, it doesn't happen anymore, but you know, a couple of times she's had to leave in the middle of the night to go be with someone in her family. I don't have any problem with that. Here's I the, understand. Yeah. Here's the part that I don't get of the story is when she says like, you can imagine my anger when my husband decorated our bedroom and got me a gift. No, like, like he, he, he made you a, I don't understand that. You're, yeah. That makes right. no sense at all. Your husband gave you a lovely present. It's Valentine's and you're angry about it. That's, that's kind of absurd. Having said that, I think the, the, the scene of the, the picturing him in the full suit, throwing the roses down and screaming, bleep it, I can't take this S anymore, is very funny. I'm picturing Screech from, from Saved by the Bell when he's in the full suit and sees Zach with Lisa uh, and, and flips out about it a little bit. You know, maybe you could have handled that situation. I get the, I understand the disappointment, but maybe you could have handled that situation a little bit better. Yeah. I also, like, in, in 90% of these stories that we read, it all comes down to like a communication issue and also kind of knowing what you signed up for. Like she let this would if you had not like ever met the family or you didn't know she had a family and then out of nowhere she starts telling you after a year and a half about this maternal relationship and and how much they mean to her like she let you know ahead of time that she's gonna drop stuff for her family you knew what you were getting into at some point you kind of have to take that on but at the end of the day I kind of think the the narrator's the a hole here in all of this. <laughs> Uh, also, I mean, like, you know, I, I, I I get the maternal relationship, but your siblings aren't aren't kids anymore. They're, they're twenty one and, and twenty eight. Yeah, like, come on, you got to cut the cord. I understand the the having the workaholic um, parents because my my parents were uh, well, my dad owned his own business and my mom worked for him, and uh, <laughs> in, in like nineteen sixty four, when I was a wee lad. My dad, since he never took us anywhere on vacation, he bought us a color TV. <laughs> That's a true story. And, and the thing of it was, I was glad to have the color TV, but I got tired of the neighbors coming over all the time uh, to watch the color TV. Luckily, there wasn't much on in color back then, like, you know, Bonanza was in color and the Virginian. But, yeah, yeah. You can always buy your kids love. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> it's always possible. All right, last one here. We'll, we'll, we'll finish it out. Valentine's Day and my the ale stories. Uh, my, I am thirty six year old female. My daughter Leah, seventeen year old female, is a teen mom. My daughter got pregnant at fourteen, and it was very shocking news. But we found out very early on, and she got to abort it. A few months later, she got pregnant again, and I couldn't handle the situation very well at the time. But having my sister, her aunt, talk to her about what she was planning to do. She decided to keep the baby, which I'll admit I wasn't very happy to hear, and I told her she'll have to be responsible about the consequences. This one got a little bit dark. Mm -hmm. Of course, as a mother, I couldn't have her work and distract herself from school. I didn't want her to miss out on her childhood, so I had to work evening night shifts to care for my granddaughter while Leah was in school. I realized Leah had been taking advantage of my situation and making me cancel plans so I can babysit for her. I overheard her making plans for Valentine's Day two weeks ahead on the phone with someone saying, my mom will do it. She has no life anyways. And laughing afterward. Oh. Being a single mom and having to work multiple jobs was hard enough. But since she gave birth to her daughter, I haven't gone out to any party. I've canceled many weekend gatherings so that my daughter can be able to hang out with her friends 
And if I did go, I'd always have my granddaughter with me and for her to laugh about my situation like that angered me. That same day, I was asked by a guy that I've been seeing to accompany him on Valentine's Day, and I was hesitant, but I didn't want to miss the chance. He's a really nice guy. I haven't been on a date for almost six years, and it wouldn't hurt to give my daughter a taste of motherhood when she least expected it. I told my daughter that I got asked out for Valentine's Day, and she was happy at first, but then asked if I was going to take her daughter with me, and I said, obviously not, and she'll have to cancel plans for a day. I didn't expect her reaction to be so extreme. She cried. She screamed. She told me I was being selfish and that I was letting her miss out on her date just because I thought a guy was interested in me. She's a spoiled little boy. Yeah, this one seems pretty straightforward. The argument didn't end very well. I stood my ground and went on that date, and she had to actually cancel plans. But she's still really mad about it and has been ignoring me. I love my daughter, and I wouldn't want her to miss out on anything, but I wanted her to learn a lesson and be responsible. My sister agrees with me. My friend told me I should have done it on a normal day and not Valentine's Day. Does my approach make me the ale? You need to get a new friend, first of all. If your friend is hearing that whole thing and being like, you're wrong, uh, that's a, a terrible friend because you're very clearly not the ale. Have your daughter grow up a little bit. She's a mom. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Should have bought her some condoms after that first one. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Man. You, you also kind of let it. She messed up in letting the situation get so far yeah, to where she, the, the yeah. daughter expected that she's just going to do everything for her. Like you, you, you kind of have you need to lay the, the the groundwork a little bit early on that you're going to have to do some parent. Like you want her to still have some something of a normal childhood, but guess what? She's never going to have a completely normal childhood because she had a kid. Right. So you you kind of have to yeah you know, put the vibe out a little bit earlier than than that day. But come on, not the a hole there. Your daughter has a baby. She's responsible for the child. Telling her she needs tell her she needs to be responsible for the job. Come on, there you go. I didn't. I did not read the last one ahead of time. I probably would have skipped over that one, but it's okay. <laughs> the other two were a little bit more lighthearted and fun. The the last one a little bit. That's more pretty serious, serious stuff. Yeah. A little bit more serious, but that's okay. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. If you want to weigh in on the Thornton's text line, uh, Texture says, Mike, you should do the I'm from Louisville. Of course, I on TikTok. I've seen this. Uh, I'm not on TikTok. So I, I can't, yeah. I'm not on there either. The only time that I see TikToks are when people like send them to me or they pop up on on Twitter or something else. But uh, I've seen the the Instagram reels where they're like they like I'm the whatever. Of course I do this, but I don't even know what what Louisville would be at this point. Texture says I need Gary to read me a bedtime story. Quite frankly, I feel like we have somebody set text that in every single time you're on the show. <laughs> they like this. Um- <clears throat> I still, you know, I have slight head cold from uh, from the COVID, and I'm, I'm getting like Barry White now. It's a great voice. You, you, oh, well, thank you. You, you are you, you're ready. Maybe pro. I should record it for when I get well. <laughs> uh, you should. It's 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 good. Texas says I'm a woman, and I say that guy is not the a hole. His wife and her sister both sound spoiled. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Texas says my husband. Oh, this is the Tiger Gauge family. My husband is the bomb, despite the tire gauge. Those other partners are the a-holes, even though the dude sounds a holish. P.S. We're doing the March Madness Orchestra concert for delayed Valentine's Day, and we're super excited. That sounds awesome. Shout out to the, uh, I mean, Louisville Orchestra, Grammy Award winning, Teddy Abrams and company. Congratulations to those guys. Getting it done. Uh, yeah. Are you familiar with the Tire Gauge couple? I think you, you may have been on for that show. No, I'm not familiar with them at all. We have a couple that text into the text line, a man and a woman, and the whole thing started with, they don't text each other, they text 
each other through the text line. <laughs> One was telling the story a couple of Valentine's Days ago about how her husband gave her a tire gauge for Valentine's Day. Ah. He tried to defend himself and said that he was, it was like a minor gift in the midst of uh, all the other gifts, and she was like, no, 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 the gift that he's talking about, he gave for my birthday. The tire gauge was the only Valentine's Day gift. But they clearly love each other. They're the first couple of the Rutherford Show. We love them. But they are the tire gauge couple. That's what. That's how they're known. You know, my wife and I love each other, and she appreciates when I give her practical things. But, boy, she does not like it when on birthdays and Valentine's Day and Christmas Day when I give her something practical. She just, just she won't have it. You have to, like, mix it in, right? It has to be, like, the lesser gift. It has to be, like, the you know, when you sit down and you've got, like, three or four presents for something, and you're like, yeah, this is kind of a, this is a, this is a boring one. You get that out of the way first. Yeah. Or you just don't do it at all, I guess. No, she'd rather have flowers or candy or, you know, a night out somewhere, which I don't sure. have a problem with that. Sure. Texture says, any relationship that requires the other person to constantly provide gifts is absolutely ridiculous. That woman who expects three dozen roses is a child. The man is a tool for doing it. Any successful relationship shouldn't be centered around one day a year that retail stores tell us is the most important thing. My wife and I have been happily married for 10 years and share all of our finances. We don't do gifts for any holiday including birthdays. We are adults. When it's appropriate, we buy what we want and we show our love to each other every day. I'm fine with that approach. We don't do, I mean, like Mary and I will do, like we won't do anything for Valentine's Day. We will, like, I think I'll, I'll get her flowers and that'll be it. But for anniversary, like we don't, we try to go out to a dinner, but we don't like do big time gifts. I do want, like I do always, like she never wants to do Christmas presents, but I, I feel like I've got to do Christmas presents. It's, I, I love giving gifts. I love it. But it's not because like she demands it or anything. It just I, I like doing it. It's more about me. But I also appreciate that approach. What kind of things does your wife like for Christmas? It's like clothes or Yeah, I, I try to, 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 to do like um practical stuff. Like, like she will pick out some clothes sometimes, like something that I think she's going to like. But I also want to do like one kind of fun thing a year. Like th- this year was my, my one kind of fun thing was not great. But last year so she's really big into like the royal family. Oh yeah, she's great big uh, Princess Kate fan. So there's this website, and you can look this up. I think I stumbled upon. It. I don't even remember how I found it. It may have been like an Instagram ad, but it's Turn Me Royal, and they have all these different like really well done old school like royal paintings. You can you know, they, 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 these paintings of you know, these old war generals. All the all these different choices, and you can essentially like. Send in a picture of yourself or your, your 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 wife or your entire family, and they'll like put your faces into these these portraits. I like that. And they'll put it's on a canvas. It's really professionally done. And so I got one of our family for Christmas, like, like this this royal family portrait, uh, like this like old English style, like nineteenth century looking thing with all of our faces. It's like it, it looks awesome, and she loved it. Like that was her reaction was very funny. I think I put it on social media, but it, that was great. That, that was, was really cool. We have a guy who works here at the radio station who one year gave his wife, you send in uh, pictures of yourself and your wife, and they make they make you into bobbleheads. I like that. We've gotten one of those. Yeah, We got one as a wedding gift for my aunt, and it was oh, really? awesome. It, it, was, it was very, very cool. And then like our second year of marriage, before we had kids, uh, we, were, we were dog sitting for one of Mary's work colleagues. And the dog just ripped my face off the bobblehead. Left Mary completely untouched. (laughs) 
but just devoured my like my my ear was ripped off, my nose was all deformed. I, I was like, oh, this is this is terrible. But it was a, it was a cool gift for sure. I was always hoping when Barry Burnson was wor- working over at Channel Forty One that he'd have bobbleheads made, and then I could buy one and say, hey, look at my bobblehead, that's me. Yeah, they, I'm, look how, look how cool I am. <laughs> Texas Mike is Milton Metz in studio with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, Milton's no longer with us. Unfortunately not. He's a big radio station in the sky. He is. Um, no, it's it, it's okay. <laughs> Milton Metz. <laughs> I'm a big Milton Metz guy. <laughs> Texas says that was clearly a humble brag about the flowers, so he's definitely the a hole. He's not an a hole for what happened in the story, but he's an a hole for the general tone of the story. I that that's exactly what I. You said it better than I could. Uh, like that person, I think if I met him in real life, I would hate him. He comes off as an a-hole, but the particular story that's at the center of the issue, he's not an a-hole in that situation. He's fine. Texas, I can't believe we're going to hire Mark Few. We're back, baby. If you missed it earlier, Eric Crawford joined the show at 405. Guaranteed that Louisville hiring Mark Few is a done deal. Take it to the message boards. Let them know that Eric Crawford said it on the Mike Rutherford show. Spread the word. Crawford says Few to Louisville. It's a done deal. We're going to take our last break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about this Louisville-Boston College game tonight. We'll take as many texts as we can, and then we'll make some predictions for the night ahead in sports. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. It's wrapping up next here on 1450 The Big X. L is for the way you look at me. O is for the only one I see. V is very, very Extraordinary E is even more than anyone that you adore can love is all that I can give to you. Matt Dennison here inviting you to join me weekdays at 11 a.m. for the Hoosier Report. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers, interviews with prominent figures in Kentuckiana sports, and discussion of other sports topics important to Southern Indiana. That's the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, weekdays at 11 a.m. on the home for the Hoosiers, 1450 WXVW. Until about 10 years ago, for any electrical work I needed at my house, I was always calling a different electrician, sometimes for the same job. Things weren't done right and they weren't done on time, but for the last 10 years, Allen Electrical has been the only one I call. The work is unparalleled, it's prompt, the team's the epitome of professionalism. (laughs) You know, when I see an Allen Electrical truck in a neighbor's driveway, I kind of smile because I know they're getting the best. Allen Electrical, your electrician for life. Visit allenelectrical.com. They'll never leave you in the dark. Time to replace or service your HVAC system? Barry at BJ Heating and Cooling can help you choose the best and most reliable new Bryant cooling and heating system to fit your family's needs. Bryant, whatever it takes. BJ Heating and Cooling has faithfully served Kentuckiana for over 35 years and is one of the largest and most reliable heating and cooling companies in Kentuckiana. Experts you can trust can be reached at 812-283-7221 and online at bjheatcool.com. The world's biggest bourbon and music festival, Bourbon and Beyond 2024. A perfect blend of bourbon, culinary, and music with Zach Bryan. Dave Matthews Band. Tyler Childers. Beck and Louisville 
Zone, my morning jacket. Matchbox 20. Cody Jinks. Marin Morris. The Head and Heart. Tedeschi Trucks Band. The National. Whiskey Myers. Chris Isaac. Young the Giant. Teddy Swims. Milky Chance and more. September 19th through 22nd in Louisville, Kentucky. Single day and weekend passes. Camping and hotel packages. On sale now at bourbonandbeyond.com. Check out Thornton's all-new Southern Style Biscuits, the perfect complement to your morning breakfast sandwich. You will love the buttery goodness that will wake up your taste buds in the morning. Come on in and grab a breakfast sandwich today. Looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction? Well, right now, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Hey, I love salsaritas. Why? Flame-grilled meats, house-made chips, fresh-made salsas. For fast takeout, office catering, or your summer celebration, try salsaritas. Visit them at St. Matthews or in Middletown, or order online for special offers. We know to contact Indiana 811 at least two working days before every dig. Contact Indiana 811 and Whiteline before every project. Learn more at 811.safedigindiana.com. Sponsored by the Indiana Utility Regulatory Commission and aired by this station. Kratz Sporting Goods is Southern Indiana's team sports specialist and is your local Adidas team product dealer. Kratz specializes in outfitting your team, organization, club, or business in apparel, hard goods, and accessories from Adidas and many others. Kratz offers fundraising opportunities for your team, organization, or club through online web stores. Let our friendly staff get you started today by calling 812-282-5400 or visit and shop at our website at kratzsports.com. Feeling all the emotions in this 24-hour time period. We got love coming tomorrow. We got fatness coming tonight. We got ashes coming tomorrow. Sadness, eating, gluttony, love—it all goes together. It's a it's a cacophony of emotions here in the United States of America, and that's fine. We also have a cacophony of emotions when it comes to Louisville men's basketball because we've got the Cards taking on Boston College tonight at nine o'clock. You never know what you're going to get when Kenny Payne's Cards take the floor. You can always hear the action on our sister station, 970 WGTK. And you know baseball starts on Friday on WGTK. With with the cards? Yep. That's right. Uh, L will open its season, I believe, against uh, South Florida. It's South Florida or UConn. It's uh, one of those teams. Maybe. Yeah, they um, – I'm not sure. I've just got the uh, memo that – Hey, guess what you get to do? You get to run baseball, which is fine with me because I think Sean does a great job. He does. He's so fun to listen to. Yeah, quite he really picture. is. Uh, Cards will play Indiana State, by the way, on Friday at noon. will be the first game of the season down there in Tampa. They'll play South Florida on Saturday at 4, and then UConn early Sunday, 9 a.m. is the first pitch down there in Tampa. You can hear all those games on 970 WGTK. You can watch the South Florida game on ESPN Plus if you have the, the Watch ESPN app. So, yeah, we got baseball going. Uh, I mean, we'll have the bats kicking off at the end of next month. We had Pat Kelly on the show last week getting ready for that. Uh, we're entering that beautiful time of the year where, once again, 
a lot of the major sports are overlapping and there's just a lot going on, which is a, always a good time. That's right. We have the uh, the bats uh, once again this year on, right here on the Big X. You're damn right. Home of the bats. Uh, earliest start in franchise history. They're starting in March for the first time this year. Uh, March 29th will be their first game, the day after MLB opening day, which is March 28th. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'll run through some text here from you guys, then we'll talk a little bit about this uh, this Boston College game tonight, and then we'll make some predictions for the show. Uh, if you are for, for tonight's games, if, if you missed any of the show, you can always listen to the podcast wherever you find your podcast. Just search 1450 The Big X, and you'll find the Mike Rutherford Show. If you want to hear the Eric Crawford interview where he says he, he breaks the news, drops the bombshell that Mark Pugh is going to come here and coach the team next year, uh, you can do so on the podcast. Texter says, I don't think Musselman's the right guy for the job. He's had top-tier talent at Arkansas and has had up-and-down results. No Final Fours. Give me a coach that has had similar results but with much less talent. We need an X's and O's coach. The talent acquisition will come because it will be easy here with the NIL. Well, we thought that originally two years ago. It hasn't really happened. But I I, I, I more agree with you. I'm on your side in terms of if it comes down to X's and O's guy versus brash, I get you players guy. I side with the X's and O's thing. Ideally, you want somebody who can you know, get you somebody who can do both. That's what you want. But if it comes down to it, the X's and O's, I think you have to bank on the Louisville name and the inherent advantages that we have here, being able to get you good enough talent to where a guy who's just a superior tactician and great at associating with the players, great practice coach, all that good stuff can turn those players into top tier, uh, top top tier teams. I mean, you look at Rick Pitino. I, the most ironic thing about the way that his tenure here ended is that the only real consistent complaint the fan base had was that he didn't recruit well enough, couldn't get good enough players in here. We didn't get the five star kids that Kentucky was getting, that Duke was getting, that all these programs were getting, and yet at the end of the day. He became labeled as this, you know, this shady cheater when it came to recruiting. We're paying kids, we're you know, all this stuff. We weren't getting the ty- those types of players. We just weren't. But he was getting good enough players. I mean, we hung Russ Smith's jersey numbers hanging in the rafters with four others. Nobody else recruited him. Nobody wanted Gorgie Zhang. Even our McDonald's All Americans were like lower tier McDonald's All Americans, the last guys to make it in. You know, Peyton Siva wasn't a top 10 kid. Shane Mahan wasn't a top 10 kid. Wayne Blackshear wasn't a top 10 kid. We didn't get top 10 kids here. But it worked. Because the guy knew what he was doing. Texture says, anybody else notice that there's been no... T- Come on, I can't read that. Texture says, uh, A1C is related to blood sugar and type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Would recommend getting a continuous glucose monitor and try to limit carb intake. There you go. There you go. This has been your diabetes and cholesterol update. <laughs> Texture says, Mike, it's doctors of dunk, not doctors of twist when it comes to the Oreos. I'm sorry. I, I don't dunk. I'm not a dunker. I'm a twister. I come from a long line of twisters. My whole family twists. All I know is the twist. I've tried dunking. It's not a dunker. Twister. Texture says, have you heard that they won't raise your, your rates at T-Mobile? You'll get a great deal every day. I've said this before. I, I hope that the, the the people who advertise with us, or the, the people who are considering advertising with us, listen to the show. Nobody talks more about the ads on their channel than, than we have here at Big X Sports Nation. The listeners, the textures, they love the radio ads. 
Or at least they love talking about them. Very excited for President's Day to get over with. Texas says, we had very few injuries the first how many games? Are we, we had very few injuries the first how many games? A lot of them. And J.J. was a loss but was inconsistent. Caleb is a much better fit and makes the team play better. Caleb's been a big asset too. Both have played much better, much more because of injuries. I think you mean Curtis, the second one there. Should have been playing more before the injuries. I mean, I, I Caleb's been great recently for sure. I still think you could use J.J. Trainer. I mean, he, he's got, what, four or five inches on Caleb Glenn? Caleb is a great, could be a great undersized power forward. I think ideally you'd like to have him become like a a three that you could use on the block occasionally. He's going to have to improve the outside shot and the handles a little bit. Again, he reminds you of freshman Dre Davis. And Dre Davis has very much found a role for himself at a good Big East team where he could be an all-Big East player this year. It's going to take a little bit of time. He's going to have games like this, like the one that we saw on Saturday where he goes for 15 and 13, and, and his just pure effort and will result in made plays and, and solid stat lines. He's also going to have games where that's just not enough where he finishes with like six and two because against really good teams, sheer determination and effort, just it's not going to be enough for you to have great games. They're going to neutralize that because they're playing just as hard. and They've got bigger guys than you. We saw it with Dre Davis. Dre Davis would have a fantastic game every now and then. And then he played the same type of way and do the same types of things. And it just would not translate from week to week. That's going to happen until Caleb Glenn's skills get a little bit better, but this, he's a freshman. He's a true freshman. He's ahead of schedule. You can build around guys like Caleb Glenn, without question. Whether it's Caleb, whether it's Kenny Payne coming back next year or somebody new coming in, I want Caleb Glenn to stay here. The kid's a dog. You can build around guys like that. Texture says, if Payne were to get a third year, do you think there would be conditions about changing staff members, using the two additional assistant spots on actual coaches, hiring someone who understands and cares about defense, etc.? No, because it didn't happen last year. If you weren't going to make that a demand after going 4-28, and I don't care if it's year 1, year 7, year 55. If you're not going to demand that after winning four games at a place like Louisville, I'm just going to assume you're not going to demand it after year 2. I mean, Kenny Payne laughed in the face of a reporter who asked if he was thinking about making staff changes after the worst season in the history of Louisville basketball. I'm assuming that he's going to be under the assumption that if you're giving me a year three, if what I've done so far is good enough for you, you're riding with my staff as well. Now, it would not shock me at all if there's still a staff shakeup for other reasons. Like If Kenny Payne comes back next year, I would not be surprised if Nolan Smith does not come back next year. Manning maybe would look for something better. I think he probably still... I don't know if Danny Manning has aspirations to be a head coach again. He may now be kind of settling into this, like, okay, I'm ready to ride off into the sunset. Because if he does, like, he's not, based on what he's done since he lost the Wake Forest job, you know, assistant at Maryland and winds up becoming the interim head coach and does a, you know, okay job, but nothing too special there, and then goes to Louisville and has not had success as an assistant here, you're not going to have a power conference program that's that's going to hire Danny Manning as a head coach. If he gets another head coaching job, it's going to be at, the mid-major or maybe like the AAC, Atlantic 10, Conference USA type level. And I'm not sure that he wants to do that. He did it at Tulsa already, had success, but you know he, he experienced Wake. I think that he's – he might be okay just being a, an associate head coach for the, the remainder of his coaching career. I don't know. But 
if staff members don't come back for next season, I don't think it will be because the administration goes to Kenny Payne and says, we're giving you a year three, but you got to change some stuff up. I don't think it's going to happen. Texas, LOL, a KP doomsday clock would be nice. Is that too much to ask from Josh Hurd? Give us constant updates after every every single day that are very public. You know, put like a little uh, alert level on your door. Little needle going from one to 10. KP fired level. And then just, you know, it'd be like when new, when, when white smoke comes out, when there's a new Pope, we would have a camera fixated on his door, a live stream. And like, at, you know, 20 minutes after Louisville beats Boston college by eight or loses to Boston college by 20, Josh Hurd goes to the door. And everyone's like, Oh, 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 where's it going? And he moves the little needle from like 4.8 to 6.1. It's a million dollar idea. You could sell advertising rights. Come on, Josh, give the people what they want. Doesn't have to mean anything. We just want to act like it means something. Texas says, would Jurich have fired KP after last season? We had this question a few weeks ago. I obviously can't answer. My gut says no. I mean, he... The closest thing, the most analogous situation that he had to this was was obviously the Steve Cragthorpe thing, where it was still a different situation. Kenny walked into Louisville basketball at a pretty low level coming off a 13-win season and somehow took it even lower. Cragthorpe walked into a inherited a Cadillac and drove it off a cliff. Uh, Louisville had gone 11-1 and the year before and won the Orange Bowl. It was preseason top 10 because of who they brought back. He had a, a, a well-stocked cupboard and he went 6-6. Six and six. Not nearly the level of disaster that 4-28 that and 28 is, but still a gigantic drop-off. And, and not only did Tom bring him back for year two, he brought him back for year three and pretty much defended him the entire way. Basically until midway through his third season was when he stopped being vehemently supportive of Steve Cragthorpe. So my gut says, yeah, he would have given Kenny Payne a year two. Could be wrong, but that's what I think. Texas is totally random, and maybe it's just me, but Twitter kind of sucks now that we're not getting football commitments every other day. Do you not like all the Fazoli's tweets? Somebody texted that in yesterday, and I didn't know what they were talking about. I didn't see it until yesterday. But the every player on the team, I don't know what's going on. Like every player on the team, I'm, I'm talking freshmen that we didn't even know were on campus yet. We're tweeting very clear advertising tweets about the new Fazoli's that's opening yesterday. I I didn't know Fazoli's had this type of uh, NIL bag. I mean, you had Penny Boone, the, the transfer. So excited about the grand reopening of Fazoli's at the Hurstbourne location. I've heard great things about this place. I can't wait to get the lunch special. Not sure why lunch special is in quotations. That makes me feel a little bit weird about it. But they're all tweeting about Fazoli's. All of them. All the players. Fazoli's is getting that back. I mean, I didn't know how Louisville was having all this NIL success, but there's a Fazoli's conspiracy going down. Texture says, I really feel that the so-called improvement with the basketball team has happened because of the injuries. Before, when Payne had a full roster, he had some weird rotations and sub-patterns. Now players are getting in grooves and chemistry has improved. They still can't guard someone in a phone booth. I think there's something to your text, absolutely. I think that Kenny Payne was just throwing stuff against the wall. with the, substitu- the substitution patterns made no sense. And when he was trying to play 10 or 11 guys, it was, I mean... You would have, like, Mike James would get into a, 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 a groove. He'd knock down two or three shots, make a steal, and then for no reason whatsoever, he'd get subbed out of the game. Curtis Williams, the, the, the same kind of thing. I, like, this is simplified stuff for Kenny Payne. 
you can't overcoach when you only have seven guys to throw out there. And I think we've seen it's worked a lot better. Guys are playing through their mistakes a little bit. It's easier to be into games when you're playing 30, 35 minutes. The walk-ons have been, they're not expecting too much. I mean, maybe Aiden McCool gets some run tonight, but it's probably not going to happen. He knows he's not going to play. He's still standing up and cheering the entire game. Chemistry is better, for sure. Texter says, I sure hope the Valentine's man doesn't pay my wife a visit. You don't want that. Texture says, Mike, if Louisville loses and Ole Miss beats UK tonight, you might want to add a uh, razor or shaving company as co-sponsors to the text line tomorrow because the name and word beard will be texted 10 million times. You're not wrong. This is the perfect... If Chris Beard wants the Louisville job, this is the perfect night to capitalize. If Louisville does lose to BC, nobody's going to care that Sky Clark is out. Nobody is going to care that we're nine and a half point underdogs. People are going to be back out for blood. It's going to go back to... We've had the... The last couple of days have been, oh my God, is KP going to get year three radio? Tomorrow we'll go right back to coaching search radio. And if Chris Beard beats Kentucky in Lexington with a painfully inferior team from a talent standpoint, yeah, we'll be debating. <laughs> the great Chris Beard debate will be fired up again tomorrow. No question about it. Texas says Impractical Jokers owes their success to people t- tuning in to tournament on True TV. I've never watched Impractical Jokers. I know of the show, and maybe I've seen like five minutes of it because, yeah, I've been watching college basketball on True TV, and it stayed on. A lot of ads for Impractical Jokers. I think it's their only show. Texture says, <laughs> when Mike gives a speech at Virginia's wedding, giving his little girl away, it still won't be as passionate and heartfelt as him talking about his love for March Madness in its original form. <laughs> You're probably right. I love you equally. No. I can't think about it. Let's just hope she doesn't decide for a March wedding. Oh, God. My poor my, my poor younger sister. I, I've got two older brothers. And, and then my dad. I mean, it was very much a male-driven family growing up. And my poor, like, all of our birthdays are in the summer. All of us. We're all in the summer. My dad has the same birthday as my grandma in July. My my mom is in July. My other brother's in July. Uh, my other brother and I have the exact same birthday, August 27th. So we all were in this very short, like, two-month period. And my poor sister is March 6th. And her birthday was, when we had the family party, it was always on Selection Sunday. And we always rushed through the activities so we could be free by the time the selection show came on. And she always knew it. And God love her. She's been a trooper her whole life. But yeah, <laughs> that would be that, that would be tough. Texas says, most of these Reddit Am I the A-holes uh, leaves 99% of the context out where some internet sleuth finds out that the person posing the question, uh, posting in other subreddits about running up credit card bills or cheating on their spouse and wants some quick internet points. Isn't the way that everything that is, though, these days? You know, you... Anytime there's a cool story on the internet now, you look into it a little bit and the person's, yeah, they get milkshake ducked. You familiar with that term, Gary? What is the term again? Milkshake ducked. I'm not familiar with it, no. So there was like this, uh, it basically is like a reference to the internet, to a phenomenon of there was this duck that drinks milkshakes. And like somebody was like, anytime there's a main character on the internet that's cute and lovely, they they wind up being terrible, and they're like, hey, this duck uh, is drinking milkshakes. Turns out he's racist, right? Like, so like you get milkshake duck when like 
the 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 guy who was remember the guy who wore the red sweater and like asked the question at the presidential like town hall a few years ago. I think it was during the Clinton Trump election, and he was like he had a funny name, and like everybody fell in love with this guy. And then like two days later, everyone found his old like problematic tweets and stuff. Like it just always happens. The main character on the internet always gets exposed as somebody terrible. There's always something different. You so know, that, that's being milkshaked up. That's being milkshake duck. Okay. Yeah. When you find out that somebody who is he's cute or this person went viral, he you know he gave his his baseball to a little kid at a game, and then you start searching who this kid is, like oh yeah, he's uh, he's he's been arrested seventeen times for a variety of stuff. Like it always happens. There's never a feel good story out there anymore. It's why we're all so cynical. Texture says, uh, "Ask Gary if he can play a Merle Haggard forty five. Thanks. Oh Merle, which Merle Haggard song would you like to hear? Texas says, Gary is just a pure person. I'm a big fan. Well, until we milkshake duck him. Until <laughs> <laughs> he starts Google searching him after the show. <laughs> Actually, I've, I've led a pretty clean life. Yeah, that's what you say. Yeah. Uh-huh. What was what was it that wanted me to play a Merle Haggard? Yeah. 45? Ask him to play a Merle Haggard 45. Thanks. Okay. Was, was this person's – do you have this person's name? No, it's text uh, line. Oh, okay. anonymous number i thought maybe it was you have a big fan out in shelbyville mm. who listens every day and his father used to be a disc jockey here in town who is uh, been a personal friend of mine for years and uh, i thought maybe that was him because his Could dad be. his dad loves merle haggard and and he's dared me a few times hey uh, why don't you play some merle haggard on there one day uh, that might be him you never yeah. know. There's like only four people on the text line that we've given names to because we know who they are. Yeah. And that was done before I got here. I never look at the actual. I, I know. Sometimes we figure out, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is whoever. But I never actually like plug it in. Well, he listens to you every day on the way home. When he gets home, listens to you online. I appreciate it. We love you. Texas says, I hear good things about the Fazoli's on Hurstburn. I'm glad to know that they've reopened. I like Fazoli. I do too. I was a big fan. I love Fazoli's back in the day. Texture says, outside of Flowers leaving early, which I view as being kidney pain, kidney pains and staff's fault. I think that's an autocorrect there from from Kenny Payne. Uh, or maybe it was intentional. It's a clever nickname. Uh, we we had all of our other players for the first part of the season, which to remind everybody was the worst part of our season. One road win in two years as the head coach. No wins over an NCAA tournament team, much less a ranked team. If kidney pain, it was not a joke. It was not a mistake. Comes back for a third year. It will decimate the season ticket holders. Louisville basketball will lose even more money, dig themselves into an even deeper hole financially, and with the fan base. Besides that, though, how do you think it's going to go? Texas says, Mike, here's a scenario. Louisville hires Richard Pitino. Rick Pitino retires and joins Richard Pitino's staff, but runs practice for Richard. We still run his style. We we win multiple championships. I'm all for it. If we're going to win multiple championships, I don't care who the coach is. Let's go. Let's roll. Uh, TJ Walker texted in. TJ Walker, the sports talker, says, Mike, I heard Eric mention Patino only lost one Sweet 16 game in Louisville. Who was the opponent? Ah, oh, you smooth son of a bitch. Like, that was a... Oh. Texas, Mike, are you worried about a year three? Yes, of course. Texas, Junior Bridgman owns the Fazoli's in Louisville. Shout out to Junior. Know that. Texas, I agree on the uh, regarding the improvement being due to injuries and Kenny having less opportunities for weird lineups. I think there's definitely something to it. I mean, you've got... Look, Tyler Johnson doesn't have the game that he had against Florida State if Kenny Payne has an opportunity to, to take him out of the game. And look, Kenny Payne didn't even start him in the game. He came off the bench and played 38 minutes. 
and this isn't like, like a critique of Kenny Payne. I'm just saying you kept it simple. You, you let a guy with a lot of potential, but also who's prone to making some freshman mistakes because he is a freshman, play through some stuff. And the result was 27 points, 11 assists. Nobody had ever done that before. Now tonight, we may look at it and you say you have to play Tyler Johnson 35 minutes and he may you know, have, have 10 turnovers and, and go 1 of 15 from the field. It's the only decision Kenny has, though. Like, you, you can't overcoach when you've got six scholarship players or seven scholarship players and basically a seven- or eight-man rotation to work with. He's going to get Zan in there for his, his usual two to three minutes. He's going to play Curtis Williams a little bit. Uh, and, and then outside of that, I mean, it's you're, you're, you're rolling with the starters and one other guy off the bench. It's pretty simple. There's nothing else you can do. Texas says, today is National Mistress Day. Do you have any recommendations where I can celebrate with my mistress? Um, where does one take a mistress? San Antonio Inn. <laughs> Is that a real place? Yes. How do you know, Gary? Is uh, it the milkshake I, ducking's already happening? I've heard stories. <laughs> <laughs> Rates by the hour. <laughs> Trevor used to talk about he he took a, a date to a um uh, a hotel that had a hot tub. It was a carpeted hotel room with a hot tub in there. No tell motel. That that place is, I think, where you take the national mistress. <laughs> that's where you go. I think that's where it happens. Boy, what a what a thoughtful place to take a date. Yeah, clearly worked out for him. <laughs> uh, Texture says if Payne is to get it, God, the, the text about is if Payne get Payne gets a third year. If Payne gets a third year, do you think they would have to have something in writing about him keeping some of the players from this year's team? I don't think you can do that, like writing. I mean, I, I said, but I did say this yesterday. I, I said I think if 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 Josh is going to in fact entertain the idea, let, let's say we have a really successful end of the season, whatever your bar is for that. And now it is, it's weirder without Sky Clark and having all these injuries and all this stuff. But let's say he goes five and two down the stretch and. You know, we have what? What would they put it with? 13 wins going into the conference tournament. We win a game in the conference tournament, maybe two games in the conference tournament, and we finish with a losing record, but we finish strong. And there's there are things to point to for the first time to say tangible pieces of evidence that progress is happening. But we don't have recruits coming in. You can't point to that. I, I think if you're Josh Hurd and you're saying, I see the progress, I believe in what you're doing you still need some sort of assurance from Kenny Payne that he can bring back the nucleus of this year's team. Because there's no guarantee in this day and age. He may feel like he's got a great relationship with Tyler Johnson and Curtis Williams and Caleb Glenn and uh, Brent Holly Hatfield and whoever else. There's no guarantee that they're not going to take a bigger NIL bag somewhere else. Like I mean, Trey White was an all-Pac-12 freshman last year. I'm sure Andy Enfield thought he was going to be hanging around that program if he was going to stay anywhere. We got him. So I think you would have to, if you're Josh Hurd, you have to say, like, I love what you're doing. We need you to get some guys out of the portal. But we also need the guys who made this late season run happen to come back for another year. And again, like this is all a hypothetical. I'm not sure we're going to have that type of finish. I'm not sure that even if we did, I would be doing the same thing. But again, I'm not the AD. So it doesn't really matter what I say. Uh, we're going to pick uh, the Louisville game coming up here in a second. Before we do that, it's a nice night uh, of college basketball. It's a, it's, a, it's a good slate. i got my eyes on a couple of games as far as the big X, big bets are concerned. One, Virginia's hosting Pitt. I, I'm, I'm going to do another Moneyline thing tonight. I mean, if, uh, Virginia's going to beat Pitt. I'm not sure they're going to do it by seven. I think they'll do it by seven. They're playing really well, but they're going to win that game. I'm going to parlay Moneyline bet, 
Virginia over Pitt, Dayton over Duquesne, and then a little frisky, Baylor over Oklahoma. Baylor at home, they're not going to lose to Oklahoma. Love Porter Moser, think he's a good coach, they're not going to lose that game. Home teams, this is the year of the home team in college basketball. I'd throw UK in there, but they're they're the one outlier here. Uh, the only top 25 versus top 25 game tonight is the Oklahoma Sooners on the road taking on the Baylor Bears, number 25 versus number 12. Baylor is a 7.5-point favorite. That's a big number. Uh, if I'm leaning one way, I'm leaning towards Baylor to cover that. But again, money line's a safer bet, or maybe tease it down to like 5.5, 6. Um, Kentucky is hosting Ole Miss. They're only an 8.5-point favorite. I think Kentucky's going to win this game handily. I'm not just saying this is a self-preservation thing. They're going to get right in a big way. They're going to get the fan base back on board. They're going to score a ton of points. Ole Miss is going to slide a little bit towards the the end of the season, and that's understandable. They don't have as much talent as UK. UK wins that game by, I'll say, like 15 points. 9 o'clock, that was the big show. Louisville taking on Boston College on the road. No idea what to expect. I'm going to say BC wins it. I'm going to say Louisville still covers. Give me Boston College 78-71. We're back tomorrow for Valentine's Day. Everyone enjoy your Tuesday night. Go Cards. We'll see you tomorrow at 3. This one goes out to